Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today we're gonna be answering your YouTube questions, but we also have a very special guest. So first, of course, just like most Saturdays, I'm joined today by my brother from the same mother, D. I'm gonna I'm gonna expose the guest. Oh yeah, so so we're not hitting the <laughs> guest yet, and we have a very special guest today. Um, his name is Jesse Davis. He has um, he has a network of YouTube channels um, with that accumulate to over 10 million YouTube subscribers. That's just on YouTube by itself. Um, he has one channel that's almost at 8 million just by itself um, there. And in addition to that, across social media, he's accumulated over 10 billion with a B views across all of his social media platforms. So he's going to be here today talking to you about, you know, all the different things that they do and the experience that he's had. And we're also going to be answering some of your YouTube questions as well. So that's what we're doing today. And um, so without further ado, Dee and Jesse. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> So um, super excited to um, get the conversation uh, going today, you know, and, and really dig into, um, you know, what Jesse has done and, you know, his approach to YouTube and his approach to social media and the importance of getting your content out across, you know, all of these different platforms right now, just with the way that everything's changing. Um, a lot of, you know, eye-opening um, information just from conversations that we've been having, you know, throughout the day today um, about, you know, the importance of making sure that you are going cross-platform. Um, we're going to get more um, into that as well. But first, before we do, um, I do want to let you know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you A-B test your thumbnails to make sure the thumbnails that you are putting out are the most effective for the people that you are trying to reach. Um, in addition to that, they have over 90 different tools that will help you with your YouTube channel. So you can try that for yourself at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin, or you can just go over to TubeBuddy.com, and I've got links to that down in the description. In addition to that, um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that we use to stream this every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, almost 9 a.m., 9.30 today. And the um, reason that we use StreamYard is because it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting in the cloud. So if we have a tech problem or something like that, um, it holds the stream open for us so we don't lose you guys, you know, if something, you know, technical problem happens. Um, in addition to that, they make it easy to bring on guests, add graphics to your screen, add background music. You can even add videos. And almost, most importantly, or the second most important thing, they also record your content in the background while you're streaming, which is fantastic, especially for the conversation that we're gonna be having today, for being able to take your content where it's still high quality, and be able to you know put that on other platforms if you choose so um without further ado oh you can try that at streamyard.com or of course i've got links to that down in the description as well most so, importantly uh, they have an awesome mug yes and i i can't praise this mug enough yes and we still yeah. don't have coasters so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah coasters get them get coasters get please please get them coasters right. over here <laughs> so um so as we get going here just a little um feedback here from from you guys that are watching the stream how many people here just say me um if you currently broadcast your content or you currently publish your content across multiple platforms um if you do say yes if you do not say no um because jesse's going to be sharing some really interesting um, information with us today about that. But we're also going to be talking about, you know, the things that he kept in mind for, you know, actually growing all of his YouTube channels as well. And we're just going to go ahead and get into that. So Jesse. Awesome. So first off, yeah. so, so how long have you been on YouTube? 
Been on YouTube since 2017, so that's about six years now. Okay, so a lot's changed, you know, of course, you know, Big as time. we've been, you know, kind of transitioning through <laughs> through time here. Yeah. So um, when it comes to when it comes to YouTube, you know, we have, you know, mostly, there's some experienced content creators here as well, but, um, you know, we have mostly content creators here that are, you know, just trying to, you know, get past that first initial, like, hey, I'm just trying to get my first 1,000 subscribers, maybe my first 10,000 subscribers, you yeah. know, for the people that have made it past yeah. that. For people that are, um, you know, on that part of the journey, for if you had like one piece of advice for people that are like you know hey I'm 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 doing what I can right now for those people if you had one piece of advice and we're we're gonna we got like a bunch of time here so we're gonna give all <laughs> yeah. kinds of advice hopefully but, you I can know drop just more to, than one yeah just to yeah. you know just to just to go ahead and give them something great right out of the gate what do you got really this is a game of attention mm. and you know to get somebody's attention you have to think about them, think about their needs, think about what's going to attract them. Even if it benefits you somehow, or if it's something that you're interested in, you gotta make sure that you're appealing to somebody else. I think people forget about that. They just wanna like, I'm gonna make my thing and I'm gonna push it out, make my thing, push it out. And they're not thinking about the other party, which is the audience who is generating all those views and subscribers. So, you know, it's really kind of like putting your audience first and also consider your needs. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I think that's important, you know, because, you know, it's easy for a content creator to be selfish mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, hey, I'm making what I want to make and I'm publishing it exactly how I want it. And, and, and when that happens, I mean, it's a great place to start. But then, you know, when you do that, if you're not paying attention to how other people are responding to it, then you can end up in a situation to where you're just making something that people don't respond to at all. Yeah, right? you could be making something they don't like, but while still following all the YouTube policies, best practices and all. And you're like, I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm checking everything off. I've done everything the way people are supposed to be doing it. And you're not seeing results. And I think a lot of the reason is, is that you haven't considered what people actually want. You know, if, if Nike decided to make some brown shoe that was cool and artsy and it's what the CEO liked, but they never considered if the audience would actually buy that, <laughs> buy the shoe, it wouldn't sell well. You know what sure. I mean? And they'd be like, why don't they like it? The CEO likes it. Well, you didn't, you didn't talk to the people, you know, you didn't see if they liked your ugly brown shoe. So, you know, think of the audience and what they want. Nice. So um, on your journey, so really quick, um, this is Tom's world. He says the first 1000 subscribers was agonizing. Um, it seemed to take forever, but then those numbers started to grow at a faster rate. So in addition to, you know, like your, your main channel, you also have, you know, additional YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. Some of those you started, you know, fairly recently. So for you, do you notice a difference, um, you know, with the people that you're reaching um, anything similar there in terms of like, you know, Hey, getting started is, you know, a little bit more difficult than, you know, once you hit the ground running of course you can leverage just what you have in your brain in terms of experience to get things you know moving quicker right but 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 what do you think about you know that concept in terms of you know as you keep going it gets easier personally i'm kind of against that because i'm like you know as you keep going you get more serious which can also make things a right little you're, bit more you're leveling difficult. you're pushing up the bar right, right um but no i i hear what tom's saying because i i think the for many people the first thousand is them just 
It's like you've been thrown in the pool and you don't know how to swim. And it's not a great experience, right? And at some point you learn to swim right around that thousand subscriber mark. And then maybe it gets easier because you're like, oh, okay, I understand the systems and the policies and everything and you know what I need to do, what the audience likes. So, so that part I, I understand can be agonizing for a lot of creators. But did I personally have that? No. Okay. okay. Good, good, <laughs> I good. had a serious game plan strategy right out of the gate. I treated it like a business. I think every single one of my channels uh, got a silver play button before six months, some as soon as three months. Nice. Nice. So three to six months for each channel to get 100,000 subscribers. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to put a highlight on that really quick, like D just did. That's incredible. Um, and just kind of stress the importance of the information that, you know, that we're, that we're, you know, talking about here today. So, um, but that comes with a plan, right? You yeah, had a totally. plan, right? You had a strategy, right? What, so what does that look yeah. like? So for, okay. So, so say somebody is watching right now and say they're like Tom who just, you know, they just recently crossed, you know, that first 1000 subscribers and they're like, okay, you know, like what, what's next? Like, what is it that I'm, you know, like, you know, what is it I should be doing? Whatever. Um, like, what is your advice for, you know, people like Tom that are like, Hey, I'm trying to get that play button as soon as possible or just to the next milestone. <laughs> well, you know, like my swimming analogy, you've been thrown to deep end and now you're doggy paddling. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're like, Oh, my head's above water. I'm doing good. I'm moving in a direction. Um, but really your battle isn't over at the 1000 subscriber mark. You have a lot of work to do. Um, you still probably haven't got your thumbnail strategy on lock. You need to work on your titles. You know, you need to work on your better research, you know, having better content ideas. Like it's even now after 4,000, 5,000 videos, I I've lost count, but even now it's like, sometimes it's a struggle still researching and coming up and finding that right idea. That's really going to resonate with your audience. Um, so now is the time to really get that, those processes rolling, you know, and try to try to learn how to do everything still correctly and better. I think that's the next part of the, the journey. Nice. Jesse, and, did you hear and, the story of my play button? I did not hear the story. Of play button. Would you like to tell him the story of my play button briefly? So when he was in Mexico, his play button came and, uh, when his play no, no, button no, no, came, he just kind of glossing over it. <laughs> I finally reached the milestone of a hundred thousand subscribers while I was in Mexico. And you understand the grind behind that. Oh yeah. You've got a bunch of them, right? Yeah. So I ordered the play button. I went through all of the thing. They shipped it all the way to Thailand and I couldn't get it. So I said, Hey, so it doesn't get lost. Can you go pick it up for me? And he did. And guess what he did? What'd you do, Nick? I think it's somewhere in my place. I just it. haven't found it yet. Oh, yeah. He lost so, yeah. my play button. Yeah. I now have almost 160,000 subscribers yeah. and I still don't have my play button. Yeah. Did you know that you can order a new one? Yes, you can yeah, order Yeah, but he won't one. take that. Not though. the same. I've already offered, yeah, because it'd be easier to order one than to dig through the boxes that I think it might be the in. The only thing I will accept is his play button yeah. as tribute. Ah, yeah. And I might do that and just order myself one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that'll, Congratulations. that'll be easy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, right. the pain of yeah. that should be you have to order another one under my name. Oh, nice. And nice. you have to keep my play Just button. So I always remember. So you always remember <laughs> that you were the one oh, that lost it. my play button. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, love it. So, um, um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Um, I'll, I'll do that. So, so for 
your YouTube channels because you, you know, you're able to quickly get, you know, subscribers and grow your channel um, quickly and, you know, quickly get play buttons and whatnot. So um, Ernie at Shark Scrapper, he said, you know, he needs to Google, you know, like what strategy means and, you know, what the plan means and stuff like that. I know he's being sarcastic, but like, what does that look like though? Like, okay, like when you're, when you're starting um, one of your YouTube channels, and you are, you know, putting a strategy together for that channel. Like, what what does that look like? If somebody were to, if, if like, if you were to draw it out for somebody and say, like, these are this is what we think about. This is how we think about the content. This is how we think about, you know, how we're publishing it. What what does that look like? Okay, so rule number one: you are doing this to gain attention, not money, not views, not subscribers. Attention is the game, right? And that's what you're you're trying to get. Now, rule number two. You are producing a show. This is not social media. This is not your personal page. This is not your stamp collecting slash skydiving slash wiener schnitzel page. It's you focus on a topic, you produce a show about that topic, and you create residual value for the audience. Um, the next rule would be to treat it like a business. And I think. I need to be clear here because I'm not saying that you have to make money from it, but when a businessman or woman approaches person, a business person <laughs> approaches a new business venture, right? They're going to research the market. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to make sure that they talk to customers, that there's a market for the product. They'll test it out. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of pre-steps before they launch that first product. You know, they're not just, just throwing something out there. Um, now you can't, there, I mean, there's many ways to launch a channel. Yes, you can throw stuff out there. It may not be the best way to do it. Um, so the last thing I'll probably say about launching a channel is before you launch the channel, you better have a target audience in mind. And so for our first channel, uh, Brianna's Secret Club, TH, which you can Google <laughs> or you look it up on YouTube. Um, we did it with my daughter, Brianna, and we said, who are we trying to reach? And it was, we started with little Thai girls, age six to 10. Now I, I get this a lot where people say, well, how do I know my audience? How do I know who I want to reach? You don't always know that. And you're not going to always be correct. But if you at least have a target in mind, I mean, some people will go so far as to print out an avatar, you know, find a picture on Google of who they think their target audience is, and they even stick it on the wall, right? And when they talk to the camera, that's who they're talking to, right? That's their target audience. Now, the magic of doing this, Nick, is that it doesn't matter what you do on your channel as long as you are serving this person, mm. right? So we started with a target audience of little Thai girls aged six to 10. And our next question was, what do they like? So we just filled out a list of every single type of video content that we thought we could do that might be interesting to our target audience. And out of our 14 show segment ideas that we tested within a month or two, we got enough data where we said, okay, we can cut seven of those. Okay, so, so, so with that, I'll oh, go ahead, D. No, I was gonna say, let's break it down to specifics because your target audience is children. Specifically female. Was, yeah. Was, was, but it was yeah. specifically female children, little girls, right. between a certain age range. Right. So that's your avatar. So you're thinking, what type of videos 
would this age range of little girls be interested in? Right. Right. And did you come up with that with the help of your daughters? daughters? Yeah. So in the beginning, yeah, we would just have like a family meeting. We, my daughter and I would just sit down at the table and we just hash out ideas. You know, we came up with the name uh, like that. And, you know, we talk about the week and, you know, we talk about what we did last week and what we do next week, how to improve. But and she's telling you what she's interested in. Kinda. Or what her friends might be interested in. So what's interesting about it is that your target audience does not necessarily have to be you, mm. right? Uh, it can be. You might be in your target audience, but you might not. You know, um, there's some girls that could give dating advice to men, right? And and that might not. They might not be in that target demographic, mm. but they might be able to speak to that demographic with authority, right? Um, so in my case, my daughter was born in America. Um, she came to Thailand when she was four and she spoke English natively. Mm. So she grew up in a different culture. She spoke a different language. Uh, she hung out around a lot of like foreign kids and international students. So we didn't think she was in the target demographic, but she was very appealing to that demographic. Mm. Um, and they certainly liked her look and they liked how silly she was. And she, she worked, I think, because she was different from what they were expecting all the other Thai channels was made of little Thai girls age six to 10 and they behaved a certain way. They're very respectful. And my daughter is like really silly um, and kind of loud and, and kids she stood out. Her. She stood out in a she market that out. was technically, right. technically saturated. Yes. And she stood out in it by being a little bit different. Right. In, in that case. Oh yeah. Part of the strategy we were talking about strategy yeah. is, is trying to start a channel and a place of opportunity, right? That's what I did with my channel when I started. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That, that was yeah. that was exactly it. Yeah. yeah. You you found an opportunity. You're like, hey, there's not many people in this niche talking about this, but I think a lot of people could use this information. Yeah. You started it and then bam, it worked worked well. And I think there's a lot of There's still channels, nobody doing it. There's yeah, a like couple. There's thing? a couple. There's yeah. a couple. Oh, okay. There's a okay. few of us. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know there's like but a lot of filmmakers. I know there's a lot of filmmaker people. Colin's but I mean great people too. that are like I know there's a lot of filmmaker ones, but I mean like people that are like, you know, special specific yeah, to couple. content there, creators there, like trying to There's a couple YouTube. of us and they're really good at what oh, okay. they do. Okay. No, uh, especially so Colin. So it's still not saturated. But no, but it's no no no, it's still not saturated. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the thing is is that that particular time there was pretty much nobody doing it. Right. It was, you know, focused only on that. So yeah, you're you're spot on. Real quick before you take over. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that the rule number one is that you're fighting for attention. I thought that was key. You said you're fighting for attention. You're trying to get attention, not views, not subscribers. And I think that's so spot on because a lot of creators have this backwards when they're coming in. Like, I need all of these subscribers. Yeah. And they're completely putting the cart before the horse. Right. And like, if you don't know how to get the attention of the viewer, none of that other stuff's going to fall into place. <laughs> yeah, so, right. so your particular strategy... I guess trying to come up with the plan was part of coming up with how to get the attention of those little girls. Right. Yeah, yeah that was that was definitely part of the strategy. Right. And and to be yeah. honest with subscribers, any big YouTuber knows this. Subscribers is just a vanity metric. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, once you get past like the feature unlocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once right, you get past right. that, of then it's like, yeah. Yeah, you get yeah, those totally. and then you need those. But to, to be honest, it, I, I see up and coming channels that maybe only have a hundred thousand subscribers that are killing it with every video and they're mm -hmm. gaining yeah. so much traction. And then you got an old channel with 10 million subs that looks so much bigger and they're not even driving half the views. Right. Right. 
Re- really quick, because um, I know we had some people join us who might not know who you are. Because we mm-hmm. started, we said that, and the kind of the flood come in. Yeah. Do you want to like reintroduce him yeah, so sure, people totally. understand like the authority that he's coming from? With yeah. This? So for those of you that are just joining, um, we're talking with Jesse Davis today. Um, uh, Jesse has a network of YouTube channels where um, he has uh, accumulated over over ten million subscribers across that network. One of the channels has almost eight million. Another channel has like one point seven something, and then he's got you know other channels that actually take him past that ten million. But also that's just on YouTube. Um, he also has generated over 10 billion with a B um, views across YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so across it. those, you know, those <laughs> those four uh, platforms, over 10 billion views accumulated, which is which is crazy. Like imagine in your scenario, like what 10 billion views would do for you, that's you know, as a changing. content creator. It that's is life changing. It is. Yeah. If you get to the point you're making 10 billion views on that, like that's a life changing number. Yeah, yeah. In terms of you know having influence on social media. And I also want to kind of give a little tease here to what we are going to talk about because you mentioned that he's on all these different platforms. Mm-hmm. We are going to get into the conversation of all the other platforms and if, well not if, why you should be publishing yeah. or thinking of a plan on how you're going to publish to the other platforms and why this is gonna be important. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Just wanted to tease that a little bit. Roger Wakefield in the house, what's up dude? Hey, hope Roger, you're doing awesome. Daniel Patal also in the hey, house. Hey Daniel, what's going on? Tease Hot Mess History, hope you're doing fantastic today. Lynn's life, nice to see you in here. So um, so uh, when it comes to, um, you know, back to the strategy, one of the things that you mentioned was, um, you know, that you are trying to, you know, grab the attention of the young people in that case. So um, as part of your strategy, obviously, if you're trying to grab their attention, you also have to think about, okay, how do we leverage thumbnails as one of the things that grab their attention? So once we make the video, then how do we actually get attention to this? So when you are thinking about your thumbnails and, you know, exactly what the viewer is going to see with your thumbnails, how do you leverage that to grab the attention of the people that you're trying to get in front of? Uh, Thumbnails are so important. so yeah, some thumbnails are one of the areas that I'm particularly very strong in with my graphic design background. But a lot of times when I'm thinking, we, we're doing that research, we're coming up with the topic ideas, um, and we're trying to think of what topics do we think are going to perform. Now we have a lot of data, obviously, but you know we kind you kind of have an idea. If I pitched you ten ideas, one of those ideas you'd be like. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I would click on that. Oh, that's really interesting, right? So it's like the interesting concept. But along with that, when we're starting to brainstorm, or we're filming the video, a lot of times I've got a thumbnail already in mind before the video is filmed. So when we film the video, usually, if I need to take a photo for that thumbnail, uh, I'll make sure we take a little five to 10 minute section and you know, and get that. But um, thumbnails, probably the biggest contributor to CTR, um, or one of the biggest. And, and certainly that really helps, uh, with the algorithm, push your video. And I think more importantly, when somebody's on that, that YouTube homepage and they, they are shown a selection of videos, which might not even be your competitors or your niche. It might be, you know, some other random channel that the person has watched before, but you are trying to get your video to stand out, compete visually with all the other ones on that page. And so you need to have something that one is eye-catching. Uh, I find dark thumbnails don't work too well. Um, dark thumbnails do not work well? That's what I found. Mm. Um, maybe that's my audience, I don't know. But um, usually if YouTube's default white, dark images tend to get lost. So I end up usually overwriting my images, um, adding color correctly. but 
keeping the design really simple and most importantly, the design and the layout of the thumbnail needs to describe what the content is about. If you didn't have any text or, or the audience couldn't read, would they still be able to understand what that video is about? And if you can communicate that, you win. I mean, if they couldn't read, never even thought about that. I that's clever. So yeah, hey, I we tell hit the record button too and just let it roll for a while. Yeah, really quick. I want to thank Regina super for chat. the super chat. Much oh, hey, appreciated. Thanks, Regina. Great seeing you in here. Um, I tell people all the time. Let me hit record on this. I tell people all the time when you're designing a thumbnail, if you if you are putting text on a thumbnail, always think of it as like people who are might not be native to the language you're typing in, right? Because our our videos get served all over the world. Mm -hmm. People from all over the world, if you look in to see what countries are watching, people, not everybody can read English, or if they can, maybe not, they can't read it uh, very well. Some of the words you might be using might be too tricky. Um, so I would say, make it to where anybody can understand what, it, what you're saying, or there's a lot of drunk people that are sitting there scrolling around, you know, <laughs> eyes a little glossy, the words are a little bit blurry, right? So if you can make your thumbnail to where somebody who doesn't speak English can, or your language, whatever that is, can understand it, yeah. and somebody who's had one too many can understand it, you're going to win. <laughs> that's yeah, my little rule right. of thumb you're gonna on thumbnails. Good. Yeah. You're going to get clicks. And, and, and really quick, um, one thing that I just want to mention here really quick. So um, Goober Ninja in the chat, um, uh, they they made a statement here that a lot of content creators think. Um, the statement is that they give great advice, but um, you can have the most amazing everything, but it all, always doesn't work out. And then they followed that with people will watch only what they want to watch, not just because you have an amazing thumbnail. So the the idea to um, that that is being expressed is um, first is this is a conversation about how to help the people you know identify that your content is something that they want to watch. Um, and in addition to that, if you make um, something exceptional, then you know people will get the people will click it, they will watch it, they will enjoy it, and when that process happens, YouTube will show it to more people, and the the more people do watch it and enjoy it and click on it and you know engage with it, um, the more YouTube will just keep showing it to people as long as people keep responding to it. So the 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 whole idea isn't just like hey we're making something and, and putting it up that is like okay, um, it's over you know time like you know the the approach that that Jesse takes with you know the things that they make is they make exceptional content for their audience. Yeah. And since they make exceptional content, um, you've been number one in Thailand in the past, right? And or kids, within like the top three, I think. We, we, with kids' content, we were like number three and four for okay. years. In okay. the entire like, country. Yeah, in the entire, in the entire country. country. Yes. 70 million people. 70 million people. Yeah. We did break yeah. top 10 overall one time. Okay. Uh, I think we got to the position That's 10. Huge. Okay. And this is this is against like the big telecom companies. Sure, sure, like sure. Um, for kids content, yeah, there's a couple other kids channels that do really really well. The um, the, the thing I'm trying to yeah. express though is like, you know, you don't you don't you don't get to that by putting out content that's like okay or content that's good, you get you get that by putting out content that's exceptional. Yes. Would you agree with that? I, absolutely. And and part of it, I think the the factor that people miss about click-through rate, mm -hmm. this is it. Okay, you, you're like, oh, I'm a clever writer. I write great titles. And you're like, and I'm an artist. I make cool thumbnails, you know? And I write excellent descriptions. I've done everything, right? You, the concept of your idea sucks and nobody's interested in it. Or, you know, maybe your idea is good, but it only appeals to a small group of people that yeah. caps your views.
So, I mean, what we find is that I don't even like calling it title. I don't do title research. I do concept research. Yes. Mm -hmm. I research interesting concepts that are fundamentally interesting. Um, Could you give me an example? Uh, sure. One time I made a giant cardboard toilet. Okay. Like a lot, and of, a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And a lot of people. That's yes. where that line is drawn. Yes. Right. Is, is you're willing to make a, a giant toilet out of cardboard where a lot of people just aren't willing to put in that type of, uh, energy into making content. Yeah. Uh, Self-included. And let me, let me say this. A lot of times I would you, make a cardboard toilet. Yeah. Anytime you're like, yo D we're making a cardboard, a cardboard <laughs> toilet, get on a plane, come to Bangkok. I mean, yeah. Me in. So Roger Wakefield, we're going to do a collab cardboard toilets all around. <laughs> so a lot of people know what would get views but they're scared to make it. Mm. Ah, it's too much time. It's too much money. It's what if too it much doesn't effort. work? What if it doesn't work? You know, like what I noticed is that it doesn't work every time, but when I, I go way beyond what's expected and I produce amazing content. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible. It's like amazing. You have to click on this, this giant toilet that drives down the street. I would. I would yeah. click on it. Yeah. yeah, you would. Hold on, real quick. There's yeah. a guy here in Chiang Mai. If you haven't seen him yet, he's converted a bathtub, a bathtub into a car. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, really? I've got that. a video. Oh, an, oh I, 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 I filmed it. That's I, it's, awesome. it's an old video. It's like an old, like Victorian style bathtub, and it's got <laughs> wheels on it. He sits in the bathtub with no seat, and he can. He made like this little crazy steering wheel. Wow. And he just like flies around traffic. Just darts. I'm just like That's this awesome. guy. He's not going to make it because you barely see him. He's like really low to the ground. <laughs> Roger Roger Wakefield. So Roger's a, um, a plumber. He has a he has a channel where he teaches plumbers an and, and, and plumber. helps like trades people. Uh, you know, just see the opportunity he, that's inside right. of you know doing trades. He's not and, he's uh, not a plumber. He's the plumber. the plumber. Yes, the, the expert plumber. He's earned okay. that. Yeah. And um, and he just said, if you build it, I can plumb it. Yeah, with a, <laughs> <laughs> with I'm talking about that. That's I would love that. That's my man. So good. Real yeah. quick, and I'm sorry to throw. The, that's what I do. I just interrupt yeah. everything. Um, because the, the person who left a comment about the thumbnail, right? And the thumbnail's not everything. It's not just the thumbnail. It's everything. It's right. all of it. It's, it's, it's the everything. concept. It's the thumbnail. It's the title. It's, it's your first 30 seconds. It's how you maintain. The, it's all of this stuff combined. Yeah. How, how can somebody go from one video to the next video? What's your playlist? It's all this stuff. Right? Yeah, it's, not, all, it's not just one thing. And they all have a different function, too. Right. So, like, the, the thumbnail, it's like when somebody comes to YouTube homepage, it's the thumbnail's job to first grab the eye, right? It's like, hey, over here, look at this, right? And then after that, the thumbnail needs to communicate visually what the episode is about. And then, and then they read the title, right? And so now there's this transference of the concept of your video. What is it about? Okay, so the thumbnail and the title, their job is just to communicate your message what you're, what you're doing. And if that, in, that is interesting to the viewer, then they will click on it. So there's this other element of the concept of your content that is sort of transparent in that CTR metric. So, um, really quick, um, 
I was just going to put a little banner across the um, bottom of the screen so I can just let, kind of let people know what's uh, going on. So I'll, I'll finish that here in a second. But like when you mentioned with thumbnails, so so when you're putting a thumbnail together, um, one of the things that you mentioned um, before we kind of you know went off the topic there um, was adding color, you know, to your thumbnail. Mm, yeah. um, what else do you do? Like like when you're putting a thumbnail together, what are you thinking about? Um, like like okay, so you have Photoshop in front of you, mm -hmm. and you say, okay, this video is going to be about us driving this toilet around. Um, uh, Bangkok. So what, you know, what's going on in your brain in terms of what you are going to put on that canvas? Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what I did on that actual thumbnail or any of your um, thumbnails. Yeah. It, just any of the, any of the, you know, uh, the thumbnails that you make, like what, what is your, what are you thinking about it, when you're putting it does, that together? The strategy does vary depending on the, the type of content. Um, the big thing is that if you're a channel where the face is branded, right? Like the face is recognizable. Like on our, our channel logo is like always my daughter's face, right? So I've noticed that to get good clicks, her face needs to be prominent. If, if she's too small in the background and I can't see who that is, uh, it's not going to work. Okay. Um, so that's, that's kind of rule number, number one. Um, rule number two is it's gotta be free of distraction. So usually what I do is we set up a, a photo shoot, but I will deliberately pick an area uh, where there's not too much distraction, uh, maybe a, a hedge or a wall where it's not really busy with a lot of detail. You know, it's, it's there, but it's sort of plain that allows me to focus on those key elements, um, the, the key people involved, the action that's taking place. Um, so yeah, it, it's a keeping the thumbnail really clean. Uh, probably one of the best ways I describe a thumbnail is it's like, when you're driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour or 90 kilometers or whatever you're yeah. driving and you see a billboard, notice that billboard, right? That billboard is not designed to be a pretty art piece. It's designed to grab your attention and deliver a message very simply, very quickly. And the thumbnail, it, it's so much smaller, but it serves the exact same function as the highway billboard, right? It's got to be clean, clear of distraction using correct color, not too muddy and make sure, you know, you can see the isolated elements. Contrast. Yeah. Good contrast, good contrast and yeah. good color and uh, clear text. And if you get all those right, people probably at least look at the thumbnail. I don't know if they'll click, but they'll look at it. <laughs> do, do you have any rules in place? Like um, when you're putting a thumbnail together, like, okay, no matter what, we only use like this amount of text or no matter what, um, we only have this many objects in our thumbnail or no matter what, we always make sure to include like this specific color, this specific branding thing. Or right. I know you mentioned showing her face, you know, as one of the yeah, prominent yeah, yeah, yeah. things. Um, but in addition to that, do you have anything else that that, you know, it's kind of like a rule book for yourself when you're putting thumbnails together. I am not a rules guy. Nick. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, yeah. I can support that. Yeah. But, um, it's good. That's right. Cardboard toilets, yeah. no rules. But we, <laughs> we do have, you know, we, we do coach our, our editors through rough guidelines of what we want. You know, we're pretty consistent with that. And if not, then I usually end up fixing them anyway, but usually I will go with one or two fonts. We have certain uh, color combinations that we prefer. Like, and usually that ties in with the branding for each channel. Okay. So yeah, there's, I guess, a style guideline, so to speak with our, our thumbnails. Um, usually the rule is try to not have more than three people on the thumbnail. One, once it gets more than three, the camera needs to pan back too far where you can't really see faces very well. And it just looks like a group of people. Mm. Another rule 
Did I, I mean, I guess it would be a group of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just looks like a group of people. You cardboard toilets, yeah, man. Yeah, details. Cardboard toilets, too much yeah. glue. <laughs> too much glue. glue <laughs> <laughs> um, another rule I have is no smiling. Oh, interesting. No smiling thumbnails. Okay. Um, smiling tells people everything's good here. Everything's fine. Ooh, you had tension. Nothing's interesting. Keep Ooh. going. No need to watch. Tension. Curiosity. Why are they not smiling? Well, I, I've noticed that almost anything else performs better. If somebody's angry, if somebody's shocked, if somebody's surprised, if somebody's curious or leery, those all invoke emotion. Like, why is he angry? But why are they smiling? Doesn't trigger them. That's smiling so is like I'm content. Nothing to see here. Uh, <laughs> so, avoid smiling. Nice. That nice. Is, that's good. That I've never, never even thought about not smiling. I don't smile a lot, but I'll grin. It can be a smirk. I don't know. Like, I just find, like, make sure that whatever you're doing uh, does evoke some type of emotion. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not pure satisfaction. Something to test. Like, something for everyone to test. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go back and reduce some thumbnails. That's an easy one. I mean. You use Photoshop to just put a frown on that. Same picture. Make it a frown. <laughs> AI. I mean, right. you look at Mr. Beast. Like, he's, he's nailed it. Like, he's figured out yeah, what works yeah, for his audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, and usually it's the shocked, like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm the the open face but you know that evokes emotion you see a person and they're they're shocked or dying or, or whatever or surprised you know, like something must be going on something's interesting about this you know so. do you um do you notice uh different patterns across your channels because because i know you have you know like her channel you have a channel for your son um you also have you know different you know channels that are based around like drama and things like that absolutely um, do, do you notice uh like for example like okay in the drama content when we use more um you know like shocked faces or maybe curious faces they get a better response compared to when we use that on um like the the kids channel um just nobody responds to that at all or like are do you notice anything like that with you know um, across the channels that you have yeah so you know patterns, I, I, patterns I hate, is what i'm right looking i hate for. Yeah. telling people like even the smiling thing right i'm leery to tell people that because maybe smiling works for one channel or right. one type or of just channel. for the audience that you're reaching you yeah. Yeah, yeah you gotta test it to see what your yeah, audience right. responds the, the to right, right answer is the one that you split test with your audience right and you, you right. test out and you find out where it works for how them. much testing do you do not enough, Nick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm I am so bullish on testing. I have run I have used TubeBuddy to do split tests and okay. thumbnails nice, this week. Nice, nice. Um so that I you know, I had a theory, but I had two good thumbnails and I wasn't sure which one to go with, but I was like, okay, let's put it out. And the one I thought was gonna win won. But you know, like if I had time, if I wasn't doing 28 pieces of long form content a week, <laughs> then whoa. maybe I would do more testing. Whoa, 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 whoa. 28 pieces of, okay, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, so in the chat, put in the chat right now how many pieces of content you make um, per week. Just put that in the chat right now, just because, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. So for me, I usually do one or two videos and then a live stream or two um, is what I personally do. Um, and sometimes that can be a lot, you know, um, when it comes to me. So when I hear 28, I'm like, holy moly, for me, for yeah, long, you know, content. So you got 28 long form pieces of content per week. Yeah. How many short form pieces of content per week? Because I know that you are you're tripling down on short form content right now. Yeah, so I, we haven't gone. Maybe doubling down is is better. Like okay. we we are we are definitely making a new move towards repurposing shorts as well as generating new shorts, mm. uh, new original shorts. Mm -hmm. um, so 
we're probably releasing, I guess, maybe uh, at least 15 to 30 shorts a week. In addition to the In long, addition long to the 20. And really quick, I'm going to kind of go backwards here for a second. We're talking about, because, you know, you've obviously built this up over time. How long have you been on YouTube? Six years. We just had everything go black because it was recording again. Oh, interesting. Oh, I wonder if it gets too hot. So, yeah, I don't know. Give me a second. I okay. Yeah. There we go. So it's got some... Is it really hot right now? It's warm. Okay. Yeah, how weird. Anyway, right. so you've been on YouTube for how long? About six years. Six years. That, that's actually not very long considering yeah. what you've achieved. Right. So <laughs> let, let, let's back this up for a second because I know the majority of the people in the audience right now is sitting here thinking, I don't have a crew. I don't have employees. It's just me or maybe it's me and my, my, my significant other kind of doing this together. Let's go backwards to the beginning. No we, employees. No. Yeah. It's just no like employees. your first video. Yeah, and to be clear, how many people do you have now? Just so everybody knows, so you don't <laughs> right, feel like, right. yeah, so yeah, you yeah. don't feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Right. Like, listen to this. Yeah. How many How many people do you have helping? Uh, I think it's around 32 right now. 32, 32 people helping helping with that process. Employees. So, so if you're thinking to yourself, like, oh my gosh, you know, like, how is that even possible? Like, you know, that's how it's possible. Yeah, so it's, it's not right. like he's just sitting there in his place grinding yeah. it out. You know, here's right. another video, and then you know, editing right. it all together. Like, you know, he has help. Right. So we um, get, we keep Jesse. Yeah, so just keep that in mind. We yeah. keep him locked in a basement, chained to a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> I said 28 pieces. <laughs> 28 can i please just go get some coffee Twenty eight. Yeah. yeah now so when you started video number one like what what was that like because a lot of people in here like you know they don't they don't have the momentum you have they don't have the, the crew you have okay like you're just getting started your first 10 videos your first 20 videos where are you at there okay so month one I'll just just start with the first month. Yeah, yeah. Month one. Um, month one, I was working a full time job. My wife was a housewife, so she was able to help out. And but my kids were still kids, so we had to film during evenings or weekends, which meant research, editing during the week, during school hours, and then the evenings, weekends, uh, we would film. And we decided uh, that we wanted to test the algorithm, the the YouTube algorithm, to see if it benefited from more content. Mm. Like if you put out a bunch of content, would it like it or not? And I've heard that it kind of works with TikTok, you know, putting out like three, four pieces of content a day. But I, I just didn't know, right? So we were gonna test this out. And also we had 14 categories of content that we were gonna test out, right? So I needed to get data. So what we did is we worked hard for maybe a month and a half prepping content. Define working hard. How many how many pieces of content were you thinking about putting out at that the time? The first month we released fifty. Mm. Fifty videos your first month. Fifty videos first. And nice. it's you. Like who's involved at that point? Uh, it was me, my daughter, my son, and my wife, and occasionally like a cousin or two. Okay, so you're starting out with a children's channel. Yeah. Who was actually doing? Obviously, they were in the video. So who's doing the editing? Who's making the thumbnails? I was ma I was doing all the editing and the thumbnails. Um, I would film. My wife would help talk. Um, or sometimes she would film and I would be, you know, we would take turns and, but mostly, you know, in that, that beginning part, I was all about volume. It was all about just speed and crank things out. So we were doing pretty simple videos. Didn't require a lot of editing. How long, how long were the videos? We were on average? targeting three to five minutes, three to five minutes, three to five minute cranking videos, cranking out content. just, just cranking them out. Um, and so we, we had so many ideas. So we just anything we could think of. Like if anybody had any ideas, nothing was vetoed, nothing was off the table. We're like, okay, just write it down and we're just going to do everything. 
Uh, and so we did a lot of stuff like the, I think the first video we did was like chubby bunnies where you just stuck the marshmallows in your mouth and tried to say chubby bunnies. Okay. And we just kind of run around the table doing that. So, 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 so on I would that do that. I would do that now. On that, <laughs> that, like on that video. video, you did that because that was a trend at the time. Um, yeah, it, it had been a, a trend. People had been doing it before. Okay. Um, okay. and we, we just saw the game, thought it was fun. Like again, okay. anything. So that wasn't a strategic fun. thing at that point in time right. or was it? I don't think it was as much strategic as it was just, just having like fun. Anything that was fun, we're going to do and we're going to see what works. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we'll audit, we'll audit in month two and we'll cut down what, what doesn't work and we'll focus on what works. Okay. Um, so eventually we did slow down to 10, 10 pieces of content a week. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, nice slow pace. <laughs> but, slow pace. But no, like what, if, if people are hearing it, they're like, how co- on earth can you do that? Um, there's two answers. One is that we said, we're not going to do this forever. We're going to do this for a season because we realize it's going to burn you out and it's unsustainable. We're just going to try that for a while. Um, we probably tried it a little too long (laughs) before cutting back. Um, but you know, we're just going to work hard for a season. Um, the other thing is that we came out of the app industry and not just app industry, a specific niche of the app industry where we were using pre-existing code to like mass produce content for entrepreneurs, mm. mass produce apps for entrepreneurs. Okay. I'm used to saying content. <laughs> well, so, so we had this, this kind of like volume pipeline. We would build this pipeline out. So like, and it worked backwards. It was like, okay, I want to produce 10 pieces of content this week. What would that look like? What would I have to do to get 10 pieces of content out? It wasn't like, oh, One Piece takes this long and, and, and then I'll have to do that. So a lot of what it was is just massive batch shooting. Prep during the week, um, so spend a couple days prep, you buy all the stuff, you buy the marshmallows, you buy the games stuff and like whatever you need. Uh, and we have a whole list of content and then it's just, you come up and shoot and it's bam, bam, bam. And we'd still do shorts like this. Like I, like, I think this, Past weekend, I think we did four regular pieces of content and seven shorts on a Saturday. Okay. So that's how we did it. But I mean, I think this is one weekend where we did like, we filmed like 20, 21 or 22 pieces of content and had six edited by Monday morning. Okay. Uh, did you so, burn out Oh yeah. in this process? <laughs> like, how, how long did it take you when you're going through that to, to just hit that wall to where you're like, okay, yeah, this is, uh, this is a bit much. I never had, we never had okay, like, I gotta a, sell the kids. I gotta get ready. <laughs> Honey, we're getting rid of the kids. Too much. <laughs> um, we never had a, like a, a mental breakdown, but there was times where we just felt like, oh, I'm so tired. I think that, the, you know, part of the thing was we were seeing so much traction. We're all excited. So sure. we just kind of pushed through it. Um, and the other thing was like, I didn't want to make the kids have a bad time. Sure. So to, to avoid any sort of psychological issues, I, you know, we'd sit down and have an audit with the kids. Future trauma. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to, I don't want to be on like Keep the kids out honey of therapy. Or yeah. like, right. right, know, right. Like. Dr. Phil's got your kids on stage. <laughs> so I just, you know, you messed up. So yeah. <laughs> just say like, how are you doing? You know, is there anything we're doing? Is it too much? And I still do that, you know? And yeah. you know, well, recently we've made changes and it's kind of scaled back. So my daughter can have a high school life and right. You know, hang out with her friends. But, you know, I said, okay, one Saturday a week. That's it. <laughs> said, okay. All right. That's good. So that's, that's our compromise right now. But, you know, it's like you, you do have to examine the social or the psychological component to working that hard and that fast because it, it will take a toll on you eventually. So sure. you started on the grind. Oh, 50 yeah. pieces of content a month. So between the time you started on the grind, like, that, like that's a significant amount of content. Yeah. 
How long did it take you to actually start seeing momentum on the channel to where you were like, this is working? Okay, so uh, I'll walk you through chronologically. And, and did you have to make any shifts along the way? Yeah, not too much. Like this channel was a darn near perfect launch. We hit a million subs in a year. Nice. Um, so I mean, that's, I've heard of people doing that, but not much faster. Like that's, that's, that's almost as fast as you can get. Um, and so I think the, the reason is that, you know, we were trying so much that we were getting so much data. So think about it, like a, a creator that only does like one piece of content a mm -hmm. week. It's going to take a while to get the information in you need. Right. 52. So we got a year's worth of data in the first month. Mm. Say that again. A year's worth of data in the first month. A year's worth of data from YouTube about what's working and what's not working on your channel in an entire month. And that allowed you to make future decisions immediately. Right. right. We were able to basically experience year two on the second month. Uh, so we, on, on week five, okay. we noticed a trend about, have you ever seen Milo Cubes? No. So, you know, Nestle Milo, like the pack package yeah. that they have. The green ones, is, right? Aren't they yeah, green? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the green version of Ovaltine or whatever. Oh, okay. yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nestle yes, Milo. Okay, yes, so, yes. so it's like hot chocolate or something, right? Yeah, all yeah. they had was like, they compressed that into basically a sugar cube. Oh, okay. They were called Milo cubes and they'd sell them as snacks. They came out in Indonesia. Um, and like all of a sudden there was like this like underground buzz about this, this snack from Indonesia, but nobody had seen it or tried it yet, right? So there was like this appetite for this interesting thing. And I guess we had... My wife said, maybe we should do a video about this. Timing. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I, I made a little like press out of Legos. And so we made up this mixture and we made our own Milo cubes and pressed it. And like that video hit like 80,000 views in the, in the first week, Wow. which was like, you know, 80,000 views when you're five weeks old is like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And after that, of course, that then we got the subs in, and then we're like, okay, you know, and we just we just kept at it, but that that really kicked the channel off. So how? Sorry, man, I keep cutting you off. No, it's okay. Um, I was Ladies just going to ask because we have to the Dean Nimmin show because because I was because um, there's a there's a <laughs> ahead, comment pinned to the screen because um, they asked a really good question yeah, here. Yeah, so so um, since you are you know putting out tons of content and you're getting a lot of you know information um, very fast on you know things that you should do and shouldn't do um, to move forward. Um, uh, Fork Tongue Media here says like how long should you stick with one formula or just one thing before changing it up? Like how long do you give um, before you're like you know what this isn't working we need to move on or come up with something else? Uh, that's a great question. So usually the analytics kind of tell you, you start to see a what pattern. Do you look for? What do you look for? That was my question. Um, oh, I was okay. going to say you're looking at the data. You've got all this data from right. one year's worth of data. What data were you looking at? And, and again, we've got a lot more data now than what you did back then. Of course, right. right. So, so let's say I'm, I'm starting a trend, a new bucket or uh, a playlist or something of like a certain type of content. For, for new content creators, and I, yeah. I hate to cut you off, um, but just for clarity, because there's a lot of new people start uh, watching, um, could you explain what you mean by bucket? Yeah, just uh, a videos of a sim similar type of content. Maybe uh, you're running an IT channel and it's, it's about how to fix Windows problems, Okay. right? So there's a different type of videos, but they all kind of revolve around the same general topic of Windows, kind of a, a bingeable playlist, uh, so to speak. So like, let's say that that's my new segment that I'm gonna I'm gonna start, and so every month I might have one or two videos on that that topic, and we're gonna gonna keep it going. And usually you can kind of see a trend kind of going up. Uh, usually it's rising for a while, right? People kind of figure out they like your content. You're producing more. 
it's going up and up and up. But at some point, it peaks. Uh, for instance, um, I was doing cardboard videos for a while. And it, it, like when I first started doing them, it was like every video was like two to four million views. Wow. Like it was just like going like gangbusters. It was like one of the best discoveries ever made. It was mm. just like, this is great. And was people loved it. No one else here making the cardboard videos? There were there was a couple channels in in america that were uh -huh. doing cardboard videos not uh -huh. quite like mine children's children's cardboard. no yeah. nobody did it i did a, wow. we did a cardboard 7-eleven which 7-eleven is huge in thailand like everywhere yeah yeah and that was it like every other channel copied us like after that cardboard 7-elevens and it was like all the rage and that that was like our like key video full size 7-eleven uh, children's size well yeah 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 like like i uh installed like a working microwave in the wall Right, nice. and then we I went to Seven Eleven and bought all the microwave burritos, and the kids could actually go buy the burritos at the cash register and then heat it up. It, and nice. it's really so, <laughs> important to emphasize here the amount of work that goes into that. Yeah, that he, yeah. Like I built a Seven Eleven out of cardboard, right? Like a miniature Seven Eleven, mm -hmm. but like miniature enough to where children could go inside of it. Yeah, yeah. With electricity, with that's incredible. Yeah. With so electricity, <laughs> that's incredible. But right. That's why you, you've been able to get to where you are. Yeah, sometimes the barrier to success is that thing that you don't want to do. Yeah, or just what you're willing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, so um, in terms of, you know, how long um, before you, you know, uh, decide to continue on with something or, you know, kill that, you know, that bucket, um, what's, the, what's, the, like, what's the call that you make there? Usually, if, if, if that hot topic or that thing that I'm doing that's got a lot of momentum starts dropping below our normal content threshold, uh, that's usually when I cut it. So, okay. I mean, it, it's like, if you've got a great topic and it's working for you, you keep it going as long as possible. Right. So it's not like, uh, you know, I just let it run for a little while, but usually you can start to tell when the audience is cooled on an idea and you're not, you're not getting those, those record views anymore. Like when our cardboard stuff, uh, I think the last thing I built was a half scale Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the, the name. The, it was the smallest Lamborghini that they had. But um, like I, I made a, a functional, drivable, half-scale Lamborghini out of cardboard, and it just fizzled. Mm. And it was like so much work. It was like three days worth of work. <laughs> and after that, I was kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think this topic's about done. I think we'll hang this up. Should have so, been a Bugatti. So yeah, right. Uh, so <laughs> so curves. So what you're uh, so so when you are um, in your analytics and you're tracking this, basically you're just looking for the peak. So let's say that um, that you publish something today. Let's say you come up with a new concept and you start deploying that concept on any of the channels, and um, you're letting that run. How long do you let it go before you actually you know decide? Like okay, like. Um, people are or they're not they, they either are or they are not responding to this um at a level compared to our other content um how long do you let that run for i guess it depends on how much content i want to make on it okay like a, like a new topic but usually like it's foolish to just do one type of video one time and not get enough data right. on one on if the audience would like that type of thing because maybe maybe the first one you put out was a dud but number two or three does well um we did a we did a brand deal series for a large Thai brand very large Thai brand and they commissioned us to do like a 10-part series wow um and we killed it we delivered <laughs> so many views it was something like 26 million views across the series wow. but but there was one or two yeah that you know was like 
really way, way lower than the others where they did, didn't work. So imagine if, if that's your first video in the series that you put out. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, and sometimes the series gets better over time as you learn and adapt. So I would try to do at least three videos, you know, and if you do three and there's no response from all three, I think it's relatively safe to say that, you know, shouldn't do it. Change if it does it okay and you think you can develop it, you know, you keep going. This stuff, you just kind of got to kind of feel it out. You know, is it worth my time? Is it driving views? Is it getting the results I want? If yes, continue. If not, then, you know, cool it or, you know, pause it or, or whatever. So what are you looking for when it comes to audience response? Um, are you looking for, you know, people like returning back to the channel for those videos? Are you looking for um, just like retention on those videos? Are you looking at, you know, relative? Are you looking at, um, you know, compared to other videos? Like, like what are you what are you looking at when you're in when you're data. in your analytics and you're deciding? Like, okay, this is, right. you know, this is good outside of just views. Cause that's obviously, you know, a good, yeah. a good, a good starting point. Right, right, right. But like when you're in there and you're figuring out like, okay, this is what, you know, the audience is uh, like, they're really digging this compared to like, okay, there's a lot of people watching this, but are they like really getting into it? Like, what are you looking at? Yeah. I, I mean, number one is views, as you mentioned, uh, two would probably be retention okay. method uh, metrics. Like, is this, is this because I mean, retention is really the thing. YouTube loves watch time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they want. And if, if this video is capable of delivering watch time, then maybe we need to reformulate the thumbnails. Like, and that's always a good position to have because if your CTR is low, but your retention is high, that means the, the video itself is solid and you just got to conceptualize on, on how to get more people to click on it. Um, but if the CTR is high and the retention is low, that's a bad sign. That that means the audience really isn't digging the content. Um, also, I read the comments. You know, if people are like, like we we did a couple videos where it was kind of like more silly family stuff, and it felt a little more like the old style content. And I got some really cool comments on that. Like, man, this feels like the old Brianna Secret Club. This mm. feels like your old content. I I love this. Like, that's what I'm looking for. That like I connected with the audience with this new type of content uh, so much that they're getting vocal about it. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, nice. vocalizing the thing that I was thinking in my head, you know, when that happens, I pay attention. Nice, nice, nice. So, um, for everybody watching here. So, um, again, if you are just joining us, um, Jesse has over 10 billion views across platforms. He's got over 10 million subscribers across his network on, um, YouTube. Most of that actually comes from one channel with, um, almost 8 million subscribers. Um, so in addition to, you know, sharing what it is that he's went through, um, we're also looking to answer your questions as well. So since we do have a guest today, um, we're not actually pulling them from the form. Instead, we're just going to be pulling questions directly out of the chat. So if you have any questions for Jesse about you know either his journey or just any questions that you have you know about youtube that any of us can answer um then definitely just go ahead and leave them in the in the chat right now but just make sure you put a cue in front of your question and that is going to help us identify that the question is for us and not you know just a side conversation that's uh that's going on in the chat yeah i, th I think it's great to have like this is a fantastic question or a fantastic opportunity if you've ever been sitting around thinking like I wonder if somebody with like a huge channel thinks this, or I wonder what they're looking at. Right, right. Like, like right now is a, a great opportunity because I've been asking him all day. I'm just like, show me your data, show me your data, show me your data. I gotta see it. <laughs> so, so not if you were, really, I didn't, I didn't bug you. So, so your most recent channels that you um, that you started, uh, how long ago did you start the most recent one? Um, maybe about a year ago was probably the most recent one. Okay. Um. And it was actually a, a Facebook page we had going for a while. 
but we had never gotten around to actually making a YouTube channel for it, so that you know, we finally set it up. So tr- predictably, that did pretty good right off the bat. Okay. So um, uh, one question that we have here is from um, some guy called Jay says, um, what would you do to grow a gaming channel? If you're starting Ooh. a gaming channel, uh, what, would be, what would be your approach to getting um, attention to a gaming channel? Okay, so um, I think, and I have talked to gaming creators before. The one thing I can mm. say is the number one gaming creator in Thailand is actually a girl named Zibing Z. And she excels at creating narratives with game content. Okay. She's Explain. telling stories. She's telling stories. Just kills it. I mean, just dominates it. She's making up stories that are in alignment with what's happening in the game. Yeah, or... she's almost using the game footage to to tell a story. Like she's talking over the pictures of the character, but creating a story yeah. while she's playing. While she's while playing, she, yeah, not oh, just about like, oh, I'm playing this thing. Like she's talking about, oh, Jennifer's running through the forest, and she's and she's this magical place. No, she's it. narrating what she's doing in the game. Okay, like. She's like, oh, Mr. Zombie, don't get me. Look, I'm over here. I'm doing this, blah, 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 blah. Like, Almost it. like the character in the video. Like she's is in there. She's the, she, like, she is the character. Yeah. Okay, so the reason I brought her up is that she's not just playing the game for fun. I think any game creator, if they're really serious, need, needs to understand one really big factor is that creating amazing gaming content is not fun. Mm. it's a lot of freaking work it is a lot of freaking work my buddy yeah. does uh some of those minecraft channels that's like 100 hours yeah it's like 100 hour in this 100 hour in that and it like it ended up breaking him like to the point where he just like you know quit the minecraft channel because it was so much work to get this stuff so i think the problem i have with gaming channels it's not the gaming channel itself. It's the attitude that people have. Mm. They think like, well, I like gaming. I can turn on a camera. Therefore, I make content. But but remember what we talked about? You know, my toilet was was the hard thing that I had to do yeah. or my 7-Eleven. I made this big epic stuff, not because it was easy, but because it was the hard thing that nobody else was willing to do, mm. right? And if you're creating a gaming channel, there's something that you could do that would make your channel really unique, really special, that really stands out from every other gaming channel. But a lot of times it means extra work, extra storytelling, extra writing, maybe, you know, popping out of the game for a quick commentary. A lot of planning. I saw uh, one channel that my son watches has his editor animate himself as like a little dude in a bear costume that Mm -hmm. pops in and makes little comments. Nice. about everything and it like completely makes this channel stand out i mean okay it's a gimmick sure right but i mean gimmicks work yeah right it's, i mean you know they they work like if you have a good gimmick it can work yeah so i mean for a gaming channel one you have to have a game that's got wide enough appeal um to have a large enough audience that's not overly competitive with like too like, like i would never start a minecraft channel just period ever i never recommend that I mean, and there are creators who do that. They, mm-hmm. they do find a way to be competitive in that space, but that's, that's the hard road. You know, maybe a new game coming out that doesn't have a lot of content creators on it is a, is a blue ocean opportunity for a game, uh, a gaming creator. Um, but you know, treat games as a one type of visual content. You can mix it with other types of visual content. Um, there's a lot of create ways you can be creative with that footage. 
uh, and create something maybe unique or original or different. But um, yeah, it's the games in general is is like a red ocean. You know, it's a shark feeding frenzy. So if you want to be competitive, you got to be able to stand out or compete. You know, are you are you as good as Ninja? <laughs> maybe you can make uh, competitive game videos, you know, or maybe you're really funny, like like video game donkey, you know, like and you just hilarious. It doesn't matter what game he plays. He's just so funny that everybody watches his content anyway, which is great. I mean, he can do anything forevermore and, you know, people still watch him. So but th those guys, they stand out for a reason. Ninja's a pro gamer. Mm -hmm. Video game donkey's really, really funny, right? Like, and you remember that. And so, both of those are their things. So find your thing is you what gotta you're find your thing. Yeah, That's right. Thing. That's right. So another question that we have here, this is from um, Draco Marine Services. Um, they ask, what is the best way? And this is like definitely your wheelhouse. Um, they say, um, what is the best way to produce for cross-platform content? Okay. Um, so we kind of have a, a dual strategy. So it's, you have long form and you have short form and some platforms are good at one or the other. So YouTube has both. Facebook has both. TikTok has mostly vertical short form, same thing with Instagram and Twitter. So um, I tend to tr try not to shoot one size fits all video because honestly, the cropping is just such a headache. Mm. Um, I, I prefer to, so what we do right now is I shoot my long form vertical or sorry, long form, usually horizontal, normal YouTube videos, right? And, and I can upload those to Facebook or I can maybe crop them a little bit and upload to Facebook. Um, not too much editing there. And then I will separately on a different day um, or maybe even the same day, depending on the opportunity, film additional shorts that are specifically meant to be one minute. I'm starting to think that that provides more value uh, to your audience being, you know, different, unique, original content rather than just repurpose content. Um, and also it sometimes it's more to the point because it was filmed as a short. So, so the intention like takes out all the fluff and all the stuff that right. doesn't really make it a good short. Right. So like, let's say, um, are they, are they doing Marine pool cleaning or is that, uh, <laughs> uh, they're, uh, Marine sure. services. So I'm not, not sure exactly what it is that they do. Um, but, uh, Draco Marine services is the name of the channel. So I'm not sure. Okay. So, Let's just say, hypothetically, you have a fish tank channel okay. about taking care of fish tanks, maintaining a saltwater tank, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you have your main, main uh, piece of content for the day, right? Your long form content, let's say you just set up a new tank with uh, sea anemones, an anemones, that's <laughs> hard to say. Sea anemones, and, uh, and you have some clownfish, right? And you're, that, that's your main piece of content. I would finish with that. And then, you know, take your phone out, flip it vertical and film another quick segment about like, you know, like these are the top five tips for keeping clownfish, you know, one, keep them well fed Two, make sure you have these anemones, you know, and three, blah, 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 blah. Like, you they know, boating and yachting is what they do. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. boating okay. and yachting. Okay. Wildly different. Yeah. yeah. Wildly. I was yeah. like, I totally am going to get yeah. this wrong, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I water. mean, you know, there, it, there's water there. Yeah. Water. There's fish yeah. under boats. Yeah, yeah. So, we're, so we're good. Yeah. I just got the location of the fish wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
So, um, so we'll move on to uh, another question. But the idea is basically making um, content, um, just quickly making something else that would yeah. kind of supplement it, instead of just trying to squeeze the main video into a short. Right, right. So with every video, it's we film long form content. We take a separate photo shoot for the thumbnail. And then if it's relevant, we will try to come up with a very quick short based on the same location or content idea. And that way keep, you're already in the mindset and you're, you're there with all this stuff. So it's really easy to create a short. Okay. And then from there, you can put it on all the platforms. So our next question is from Motive Music Studios. They say, um, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently <coughs> at the start of your YouTube journey? I mean, it's worked out pretty well, but yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, anything in the process, it could be, you know, workflow, it could be, you know, thinking of something in a different way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anything. This, this question I've been asked many times and it, it is such a hard one because I always consider that this channel had like a near perfect launch, Okay, you know, and I had zero regrets about it. It was a wild ride that that first year was just amazing. Um, but there, there was a couple things that maybe I, I got a little wrong. I, I maybe regret spending way too much time with SEO. Okay. Um, then back then it was a little more important than it is mm -hmm. right now, right now. And for they, the type of content you make, it's not really, yeah. Yeah. But we were doing good on SEO. Mm. I mean, there was clips where I ranked top 10 for like you know, 14 different keywords. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, so, you know, our search performance was good because we knew, we knew SEO. Mm. Um, but, you know, spending, spending a lot of time doing that, um, I kind of regret not switching to a, a larger, more official camera with a removable memory card sooner. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so a little tip for you guys that ever get monetized or you get a brand deal or you make, start making some money, I would recommend that you reinvest in your channel in some capacity. Um, that could be getting some lights, microphone, um, eventually upgrading to uh, a mirrorless or DSLR camera or camcorder. Um, you know, like we've always had the, the idea that if our audience gives to us, we want to give back, you know, so reinvest. And that can also include knowledge, training courses, you know, what materials or whatever you need. So. Uh, you know, I, I do recommend <laughs> like switching to that. I think we had, we had made way more money than what was required to buy a camera. Okay. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. We're still filming with iPhone and be like, why won't this lightning cable transfer files? Um, so definitely less stress if you would have upgraded sooner. Yes. It would, it would have saved me a lot of time and stress um, upgrading to a camera sooner. It wasn't like the videos were terrible on the iPhone. Uh, you can you can absolutely kill it and grow a channel with uh, with a mobile phone, but you know if if your workflow is slowing you down, sometimes you need to make you can you might need to get the right gear for the the right channel. You speaking, know? oh, go ahead. No, 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 I insist. Oh, just just really quick. Um, so speaking of like reinvesting into your channel, we were talking about something um earlier today, um, where you know like you guys are getting like houses that you can shoot in, so you can build like you know full sets in these houses and stuff like right. that. Like um for creators that are just starting out, um, what what advice do you have for them in terms of like okay, you have started publishing content, you get into the partner program, you start getting you know some ad money. What what do you, like how do you think? 
um, a new content creator that's just getting started, how do you think they should reinvest that money? And what would be like the first thing or the first, you know, couple of things that you would um, invest into as a you know, new content creator once you started getting some money that you could reinvest into it? Okay. Number one, microphone. Okay. <laughs> um, if you guys are on a budget, I recently picked up a, um, for, for it's for iPhone or I think they have a USB-C version for Android. Uh, it was a Boya um, B1 M1. B, yeah, B1 M6. B1 M6. Okay. I knew yeah. it was going to be Boya. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Boya. As soon as you're like budget, I was like Boya. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, you have no idea how many microphones and cameras I have, and I was really, really impressed with this little mic. You got two wireless mics, so if, you, if it's just you, you're fine. If you're interviewing somebody or there's anybody else on camera, you got one for them, and it's like super cheap and it worked great. Uh, but do put on the fuzzy wind cover. Microphone. And, and why would you invest in a microphone first? Um, there's been many studies that people will watch poorly filmed video, but they will not stand for poorly made audio. Okay. Like if, the, if the, they can't hear the voice, if it's muffled, it sounds horrible. It, it's going to be like they're, they're going to click off and watch something else. So they need to be able to hear. That is the number one thing. Number two I think is lights and lighting is probably one of the biggest hiccups. It was one of the things I struggled with the most. Um, so I, we ended up getting, um, uh, two, I think it was about, uh, young Nuo, I think, uh, 900 led, um, bulbs, daylight balanced. So we'd have two of these, you, you mount them up on a light pole, roughly 45 degrees down, keep one a little bit brighter than the other to get like a kind of dynamic shadow on the face. And very important, make sure there's some light behind the person, right? Otherwise you get some really nasty shadows. Yeah, can I just demonstrate that? Yeah. For a second? Yeah, mm -hmm. so I wanna demonstrate this. So we have two very subtle lights. So if you look at Nick right now, let me just kind of put this on. You're going to look at his shoulders. He's wearing a dark shirt, and you see that the top, and again, these aren't perfectly placed. We're just working with what we can here. But you can see that his shoulders um, has some highlighting on there. It's because we have a, a little overhead light on there. And you can see what's going to happen when I turn them off. Give me one second. See that? You can see the difference between turning that little highlight light on. And it's just a little dish that's shining down to light up uh, our shoulders because we have dark shirts on and if we had hair you wouldn't see the shine on his head right. like that right yeah or if i just wasn't oily <laughs> yeah. yeah just greasy yeah. why are just you so greasy, greasy and oily <laughs> and happened? gross just like yeah. what happened to you man <laughs> we didn't so raise you next... to be this way right you're greasy and oily and nasty so you ever before ride I had... a bus next to him and he gets <laughs> off the bus there's like a, an area it's <laughs> <laughs> like his grease hair area oh, on a public transportation so gross. yeah that's him man that's hey him. so did you have another question um before i move on to the the next question because you had something and i and then i jumped in and you said that you insist it was probably the best question of the night okay so the next question is uh <laughs> from uh radhika um uh vj podcast and books they say tell me about a channel name should i include the niche slash content as i as i have done or simply my own name including the prefix doctor as i am one so what are your thoughts on channel names so 
Um, how important do you think it is to have like a unique channel name or to have, you know, cause there's, you know, like for example, if you were to put in like, uh, you know, the best gamer, there's probably a thousand YouTube channels called the best gamer. One has a handle, but right. you know, the rest of them will have, you know, like the channel name. So like, what, what is your opinion on the importance of a, of a channel name? I think people stress over this probably too much. Um, the, the important thing is branding here. Um, and there, but there is a business decision in this question and that business decision is do I, am I the person, the doctor, the brand, am I the brand? And if so, am I going to brand myself now? That's very powerful. The, the advantage of that is that, um, you make people recognize who you are. And that's, that's a good way to do it, especially like Dr. Mike, right. Is an example, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, people know Dr. Mike mm -hmm. and, um, he, he's kind of built a, himself a brand. However, let's say Dr. Mike decides not to do YouTube. He is now in a pickle, right? Because everybody knows he's pickle Dr. Mike. 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 Yeah, it could be pickle Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you go Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not the sassy doctor or whatever. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not something that he can, he can transition over to somebody else. So that is something It's almost like an exit strategy question. Like, uh, am I ever going to turn this over to somebody else? Am I ever going to want somebody to help me out with the channel so that I can have somebody now on our channel? I named it after my daughter. It was her channel. I never planned on anybody taking it over. So I felt pretty confident to name it after her. Um, but you know, so there, there's arguments either way. Um, but you know, you do want to come up with something that that's somewhat memorable. That's not too, too hard that people can remember. Uh, and, uh, and you know, you want to consider your branding. Are you going to write a book for YouTubers? I, I this have is from uh, the Regina <laughs> show. She says, you're going to write a book for YouTubers. The funny thing is I started writing a course along uh, maybe a, about two years ago and I ended up getting to like 80 pages and realized I'd basically written a book. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, nice. But I've never done anything with it. So I, I don't know. That's, that's a big, I don't know. Nice. And I, speaking of courses really quick, sorry, D um, speaking of courses really quick. So um, just to let everybody know. So Jesse, um, I, some of you will know um, Owen Hemsath or Owen video. Um, Owen video. So, um, um, so for those of you that know, um, Owen, or if you don't know Owen, so, um, Jesse and Owen are actually, um, building a program, um, for, um, content creators that are a little bit further in the journey, people that are, you know, already like a little bit established, you know, content creators, let's say you've got, you know, five or 10,000 subscribers and you're wanting to kind of take things to the next level. Um, they are putting a, uh, course together and it's not just a course. It's like, support they help you with strategy and all that stuff um but i have a link to it down in the description if you are you know a content creator that needs something like that um definitely make sure that you uh check that out as well me personally jesse i'm not ever going to write a book for youtube there's so many good books out there you know there's so many good books yeah. out there for it and there's so many um you know knowledgeable people you know that have put out good books um, my thing is like i i've always mentioned that if i ever do a youtube book it's going to be like a coffee table book and it'll be like a 365 days of youtube uh, day one do this day two do this day three do this and just have like cool pictures in there and have Nobody's a cool design that. to it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just so it's not like a, you know, thing that you got to sit there and you like read a bunch of stuff through. It's just like, hey, here's a quick tip for Monday, quick tip for Tuesday and so on. That's kind of my approach if what I ever do that. What he's trying to say is it's going to be a picture book because Nick can't read. Yeah, right, fun, right. Uh, fun fact there. Yeah, well, fun fact. So yeah. I was going to go back on what uh, Jesse was saying about channel name because they asked if the channel name was important. One piece of advice I love to give people for channel names is at some point you might be on a podcast. And they might say, tell our listeners how to find your channel. And if it's a crazy name where it's like, oh, my channel, it's uh, 
you can find like the underscore top dog, but like eighty-seven thirty-six. Right, but like O is actually a zero. And, <laughs> right? Like, right. You need something that's like very clear that and is, concise yeah. and yes. easy for people to remember and easy to tell people how to find you on a podcast without confusion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my rule like of thumb. this right here. If we were like, you know, hey Jesse, you know, what's your YouTube channel? Instead of being like, you know, Brianna Secret Club, you'd be like, oh, um, you know, Jesse one thirty six underscore twelve, right? Underscore yeah. 12, but, twelve, but but not twelve like one two. Yeah, it's spell like it it's like the number one, yeah. and then twelve <laughs> is written out in letters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be like, what? Uh, yeah, make it easy. So um, let's see here. So next uh, question that we have here is, how long did it take you to reach ten million? subscribers in total from your um, on YouTube specifically not just you know not everything accumulated well, but YouTube specifically that's kind of cumulative um, our primary channel Brianna Secret Club is the one that's done most of the heavy the lifting there yeah yeah and and that one hit um, 1 million at one year and then I feel it, like it's been growing since then but it's <laughs> the problem is we've run out of audience okay <laughs> it's like we oh. had incredible growth for a while but our channel represents almost exclusively Thai viewers, mm. and there's 70 million people in Thailand, and there's right. 7.8 million subs. I've got a solution. Right. Thai people, listen to me. Make more babies. <laughs> Jesse needs more babies. Make uh, more children. It's funny because you know the, the new babies are the ones that are, that are they're subbing to us now. Right, like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, old, the high schoolers are, are starting to unsub. You got a super chat. Hey. Um, I don't see it Beaver zero putting it on the screen okay it says in my defense um you will find me using a o and not a zero nice <laughs> i think he missed another one. Oh, so he two super chats actually another super one working on beehives thanks for the laughs oily oh nice nice yeah <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead and call me oily. Yep. So our um, next question here is from uh, Xavier Ray uh, and Glenn says, um, how do we figure out our demographic and target audience for people who want to watch a long distance relationship in a vlog format? Are there any tools to figure this out? Thank you in advance. Long distance relationships. So, yeah, so I guess the content is long distance relationships. And um, basically, I'm guessing maybe one person does it on one end and the other person does it on that end. Or maybe mm -hmm. they do it when they meet up. I'm not sure. Um, but they're trying to figure out who their target audience is for for that type of content. OK, so one of the first things I'm going to teach you is how to make an educated guess. OK, <laughs> <Right>? okay. <laughs> so you're not going to know this. The only way you to know this for sure is once you put those videos out and you start to attract an audience, you, you look at the people and you, you start seeing a trend, um, that's good. Another way you can try to figure this out is by going to, if there's any other channels like this, is going to those channels, checking out that content, and see like look look through their comments you can mine other people's channels for comments and there might be something amazing that you find out about the audience or what they want that the creator is not engaging on right so go through and then try to get a gist of is it male or female you know um my thought is because it's a long distance relationship this is something that both well anybody really like men women people of all genders go through right like you can have anybody in a long distance relationship and everybody's going through the same pain and the same struggles, right? So I would think that your audience demographic is gonna be split and it's gonna be dating age, okay? So let's make that assumption first that these are probably dating age people between let's say 16 to 25, 
Okay. We're probably so mostly probably students. So that's that's who Stupids. I would make this for. Students. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I was like, boy, just put, I, was, I wasn't going to say it was stupid, but you're putting it out there. What if to enunciate? Video number one. Is he cheating? <laughs> Five ways to find out if your partner's cheating on the other side of the world. <laughs> right? That's great. Yeah. So an another thing too, um, like when it comes to that is, um, is also, you know, when you are, you know, coming up with the idea for the channel and you guys are deciding that, um, you can also decide some of those things up front. So like, for example, if you are trying to share your experience with other people that are having long distance relationships and you're trying to give them, you know, tips on, you know, things that you guys are going to have uh, a good relationship, then, you know, you would know that that's who you're trying to reach. So then therefore the content that you're putting out, um, every single video would be something that would help, you know, that particular, you know, audience. Um, in addition to that, if you're like, okay, um, we are trying to, you know, share our cultural differences. If you live in different parts of the world um, with people, then in that particular case, um, then, you know, maybe you would go for, you know, people that are, you know, traveling a little bit who, you know, might end up in one of those, uh, you know, types of relationships. And then in that case, you know, you would make the content appropriate for that. So some of that you can decide um, up front, but like if you're already in motion, then, you know, just looking into what's already going on and saying like, you know, who's responding to this, you know, now, but keep in mind, you can still now you can say, okay, um, this is where we're at now. Um, but, you know, moving into the future, this is who we want to reach because another thing that's really important to always remember when you're on YouTube is the people that are watching your content may or may not be the people that you're actually trying to target with your content. So because of that, you know, you can always make that, you know, change at any time to where you're like, you know what, we actually want to fine tune this a little bit. And these are the very specific people that we're trying to reach with this content. And because of that, we're going to make sure that, you know, all of our videos would be a value of some kind to the people that are in, you know, a similar situation as we are. Um, so you can also, you know, kind of make that change at any time as well. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of like, I don't know if calling it vlogging, long distance, long distance relationship, I would think of something like that is just like documenting. Like if, if I'm watching, like if I'm in a long distance relationship and I'm wanting to make YouTube videos, I'm thinking like this would be a perfect thing to document because everyone in long distance relationships, well, most people are going to go through the exact same things. And I would guarantee there's going to be tons of people turning to YouTube going like, you know, I'm in this long distance relationship, you know, what's going on? Are they cheating? How do, how do we keep, how do we keep it alive? How do we mm -hmm. trust each other? How, there's just so many questions to answer. Uh, yeah. So I would think less vlog and more documenting and how to, how to help other couples get through long distance relationships. Well, you That's know, how good, I would approach it. A good vlog. It usually involves storytelling. Yeah. It may not be as just complete random. Right. It's not like just like a documentary where it's just right. randomly catching people. It's, looking at what's real, figuring out what the story is, yeah. and then figuring out how to illustrate the story into your video. Yeah. You know, what, what beats do we need to hit to communicate what's happening? Uh, reality TV is a great example yeah. of this. Yeah. They, they, they pick up on Knock the story right out away. Of the park on that one. Yeah. Awesome. And, and really quick, I just I just typed into YouTube search just to get an idea of what people might be thinking about when they're thinking about long-term relationship content on YouTube. And I just put in long distance. I didn't continue out with a relationship. But at the very top of the list is, of course, long distance relationship. But the third one down is long distance relationship tips. 
right? So um, uh, other things that lead to the story side that Jesse was talking about is like long distance relationship meeting for the first time. Um, long distance relationship surprise. And that would be where, you know, the person is just like showing up and surprising the person. Um, jumping out of a cake. Jumping out of a cake. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then, um, you know, long distance relationship advice, um, you know, and then another one down here for long distance relationship meeting. So, you know, when you are, you know, deciding like, okay, these are the people that we're trying to reach, you know, with this content, um, you know, if you want to think about how, you know, your target audience is thinking about um, content on YouTube and, and how they're actually looking for the type of content that you make, um, you know, looking, just going up to YouTube search and starting to type in the core of what it is that you make um, is a great way to really just kind of uncover the, the way that people are thinking about your content. And of course, you if you wanted to try to get, you know, search traffic from that, you could, but the whole idea of that particular technique is to just get an understanding of like what, you know, how people are thinking. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, if you're like, hey, this is the, this is the type of content that um, these types of people want. So then the next logical step is to make that content and give yeah, it to right. them. Yeah, no, right? So you can, you know, that, so you can put that yourself list on the map. was, was fantastic. I, okay. One thing about my SEO research uh, that I sort of discovered is as you're doing this SEO research, you're, a lot of people are looking at that. I'm like, oh, these are keywords. This is what I need to use in my SEO. Right. I'm like, no, this is what people want. Yeah, right. how these are desires. It, right. This, how they these think are about broader ideas. Right. They aren't just keywords. Mm -hmm. It's what people what they're looking what, what they're they looking want. for. Yeah, what, what they, they want. What they're thinking. How I mean, they're looking. Yeah. Yeah. You could go through that list, and every every one of those could be like a playlist yeah. on yeah. that channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know asking the questions of how would you approach this, I would approach it by looking at the top channels in the niche and seeing how they're approaching it because they've obviously stumbled across what that target audience wants. So Absolutely. if you're trying to reach the same target audience, look at the people who are dominating in your niche and see what they're, look at the thumbnail design, look at their titles, look at how they're structuring the videos, look at the topics, look at the, the overall concept of how they're putting everything together because it's working for them. Yeah, yeah, I put out a lot of videos to get data but the truth be is that you don't have to. I mean, those videos have already been put out. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's already data out there. Yeah. You can just spend an extra couple of weeks watching and collecting data on videos. Mm -hmm. What works, what doesn't? What does this channel do? What's popping? I mean, you want to you know, keep track of what's more current, right? Right. Not like, who are the Super Bowl winners from three years ago? Right. <laughs> right. 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 You can go to anyone's channel and see the ones where they hit a home run mm -hmm. and the ones where they missed. Yep. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has you know videos where they swung and they miss and they knock some out of the park and start taking notes. Okay, why was that knocked out of the park? And then start looking for patterns. You can we can reverse engineer a lot of this stuff, and it's still up to you though. After you reverse engineer it, yeah. you still oh man. And and by that patterns, was, <laughs> yeah, that was close. That was so close. Yeah. If there would have been liquid in that, it would the stream would have been over. And by patterns, this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by patterns, what he means there is actually looking for patterns like across channels, yeah. right? Because like if you're just looking at one channel, you know, from the outside, because right. you don't have stats access, so there's right. only so much you can you know pull from that. But if you start looking across, you know, all those different relationship channels, and you're like, you know, hey, it looks like every time they make videos about these things across the different channels, right. people seem to respond to them uh, better. That's that's what he means. Right. I think that's what he, he no, meant. No, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, still, you still have to make your thumbnail that's mm -hmm. going to stop someone from scrolling, scrolling and get clicked. You still have to have your topic, you know, your title that's going to make sense. You still have to make your video that's going to not make them click away in the first 10 seconds and no. keep them watching. Um, so you still got to do the work on your end, but to reverse engineer what's working for your target audience, I think that's fairly easy to do. You just got to put in the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So our next question here is from um, JP Hill Bus Stop Profit. 
um, they the uh, channel or the question here is what do you uh, what do you do to try to build a professional rock band channel not much specific though out there on our topic we technically have two for one band uh, one for lead singer um, and a solo project so you have two for the band um, one f channel for the lead singer and one solo project, uh, if I'm understanding that correctly. So um, when it comes to that first, your music has to be shareable. Like people have to just love what it is that you do so much that if Jesse watches your video, that he's gonna send me a message and go like, oh dude, this song is just incredible. Check this out. That's step one. I've got a tip right out of, out of the gate. If you've got a, a music channel and you're actually making original music and you're not getting traction, one of the first things I would try. Short form. I, I would get on short form content and on that short form content, I would do your version. Like say you've got a rock band. I would do rock versions of popular songs that were not rock. Hmm. I would, or, you know, like if you've got, you know, if Taylor Swift comes out with an, I always use Taylor Swift. Uh, I uh, realize that. Uh, and I don't even listen to her. Hey, if you're a fan, you're a fan, man. Nothing yeah, wrong I'm with just that. Try, I, always okay. just, I always just try to think of someone who's got like a, a, a large international oh, okay. a, a appeal. You know, right. Rihanna actually just, um, uh, she became the, she just outpaced uh, Taylor Smith for the richest self-made female artist. I didn't know that. Yeah, just wow. I do. Yeah, well, they take Blackpink, for example, mm -hmm. like a, a, you know, a rock version of like the latest Blackpink song because it's mm. trending. People are looking for black pink people yeah. are looking for this particular yeah. song and here you are with a rock version of it mm -hmm. that's like 30 seconds long or a minute long yeah you can start on google trends yeah. for exactly. that yeah. and yeah. see you know which which song because every time i go to google trends it's always major social media stuff like major bands major yeah. groups major movies yeah. and sports teams stuff like that so yeah um and i i think i've seen i have seen a couple bands uh, now Remember, you're on a social media entertainment platform. Yeah. This is not a record label. You have a lot more at your disposal, a lot more tools mm -hmm. than those guys have, have passed it. So don't treat it like this is just, you know, my way to distribute my content because you have so many more things you could do. Yeah. Um, remember, this is also like a PR opportunity mm -hmm. where you can, um, you can, do good things. You could do crazy things, you know? So it, I feel like the bands that are killing it right now have figured out social media. Like they're, they know how to work it. They know how to create content. They know how to engage the, the camera yeah. and the audience. Yeah. And they're making other content that is not music and entertaining like, people until the people care about them enough to wonder, okay, let me, let me hear this new song that you've put out. Uh, let me tell you a little little story that maybe helps helps illustrate this. So, um, if you've been here since the beginning of the live stream, thank you. You're awesome. Mm -hmm, um, <laughs> but I was telling stories about how we how we first started out. Um, oh shoot! I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Ah. So you were talking about uh, the welcome uh, the, to the, the rock band. Welcome to the Nimanati. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So it happened. There's so much glue. Ah. Yeah, that room. could be that. Yeah. So so well, while he's thinking uh, yes. uh, um, so while he's thinking of that so um, basically what you want to think about is like as we're saying some of that you might be thinking to yourself like hey we're a rock band we're trying to get our music out there not you know just make other people's stuff as like a cover band right. the whole logic with that is um, you basically leverage you know what's popular already to 
to bring attention to what you're doing that's original. So you don't make every video like that. You right. just make some videos like that when something's trending for the sake of being able to tap into that attention. Right. And then from there, you know, that's your avenue to bring people in so that you can introduce them to your original music. Um, and also like when it comes to, you know, getting music out there, um, I would also, you know, when it comes to short form content, I would be putting it on YouTube shorts. All of them. I would be putting it on TikTok. Yeah. I'd be putting it on Instagram. I put it everywhere. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, some like the TikTok audience might love you. Um, the Instagram audience might think your stuff is, you know, not that great. Um, your YouTube audience could love you, right? So, so making sure that you're just giving yourself that opportunity um, to, you know, get in front of as many people as possible because every person that samples your music or experiences what it is that you have, they're making that call. And really with what it is that you're doing, it's a numbers game. So, um, so I would make sure that you're, you know, getting your stuff out there all over the place. Yeah. I remembered. Here it is. I'm so sorry, guys. Yep. I'm so sorry. Not sorry. Okay, so in the beginning, remember when I, I said that we started with 14 show segments mm -hmm. and we ended up cutting out seven? Yes. One of the seven that I cut out was family vlogs. Okay. Nobody knew us. Nobody cared about us. Mm. Nobody wanted to know more about us. So we're just like, I don't, I don't care about this little kid. I don't know this kid. Right? That's my Rock thought bands. towards every little kid. <laughs> that's, another, that's another stream. So I'm thinking rock bands might be the same way. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. Nobody cares about your music. I mean, maybe a couple people get into it, but they, they just don't care. That's the problem is they don't care enough to be interested. Right? I dropped vlogs. It didn't perform. It didn't work. However, fast forward to two or three years, Vlogs have some of my highest retention on my channel now. Hmm. Pe now people care. I've entertained built people. that audience first. I built that audience, and now I have an audience of people that care. Like, so if I put out a music, and actually we did put out a song, hmm. like people will listen to it now, right? You know, I think our last uh, single my daughter put out did, you know, several hundred thousand. It wasn't nice. the breakout that I was open for, but. That never would have happened years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, putting in that time, building that audience, entertaining them in other ways will help them get into your music. Yeah, I, I want to say, because I, I, I was a professional musician for many years, and I, I totally understand that need as a musician to you want to put out your original art. Like, I mean, I, I, we want people to hear our music. And like Nick was saying, you know, Yes, I get that. I, I had meant, to make I, a stupid coffee song and put it in my YouTube channel in order to let people hear what I make. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was but, the avenue. Yeah. Right. But but you know, like the days of like everything's changed. Fire like, actually. The, the way you people hear consume content, the way people consume news, the way people consume music, everything has changed. So in in, in the idea mm -hmm. of like well, we only want to do original music, that's great and you can do that, but you're gonna have a much rougher road ahead of you unless you can Unless you can end up going on the road with somebody who can, you know, add a, you know, spotlight on you or something like that. Unless you can bring attention to you otherwise off of YouTube that you can then funnel into YouTube, you're going to have to use social media to get attention like, like, like you're talking yeah. about. However, you need to get that attention. Once you have their attention, they're going to care a lot more about your original music than if you had no attention. Like you said, like nobody cared about your blogs until you built that fan base. Right. And then all of a sudden everybody cares about your blogs, right? right? Vlogs. So the same thing with music, like when you're starting out, nobody cares about you. But once you build that online fan base, then people are going to go, wait a minute, you've got original music. Let's hear it. Yeah. And they'll, like least, that. They they'll like at least you then. give you the time to listen get, to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's a, a YouTuber. His name is Eldre. I think he's pushing he 370,000 subscribers right now. And he blew up both on YouTube and on Spotify 
by making by taking classical music and turning them into lo-fi beats. Mm. Here's classical songs. I'm going to make a lo-fi version, and he blew up. And then he used that momentum to then release his own music. And then through his YouTube channel, now he sells like sample packs and stuff. So he's he's taken that that momentum from redoing classical music into lo-fi music to catapult his own music career. And he's just he's killing it on all fronts because of it. Wow. So yeah. Got to so, be creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. You got to yeah. rethink. It's competitive. Just, yeah. you know, yeah, it's competitive just like it always has been, yeah. but just in a different way. Yeah. So um, the next question that we have here is from um, Circle H uh, Scuba. It says, my latest videos start at 10% CTR and then big impression push and then a crash as low as 0.2 CTR in some traffic sources. I assume YouTube is testing new audiences. How do I help the algorithm find my avatar? So it's not necessarily that, that you have to help the algorithm. I mean, there is stuff you can do there, but it's not necessarily that. It's more important, um, or the way that you should be thinking of it is, if YouTube shows my content to the people that I am trying to reach, then how can I help those people as quickly and easily as possible understand that my content is about something that they care about. So for example, you know, like what is it exactly that you're putting in your thumbnail? Since you're on scuba stuff, hopefully you have some type of very clear scuba imagery in your thumbnail and you're not obstructing that imagery with anything else so that people that are into scuba, if they're watching a bunch of scuba content, if YouTube recommends your videos next to other videos that do have that scuba imagery, yours at least will be in there as well as something that might grab their attention. Um, in addition to that, in terms of, you know, what you can do for YouTube, specifically. So if you go to my Twitter account, I actually shared some screenshots directly out of, um, if you go to youtube.com slash creators, they have an entire training area in there to where they share all kinds of information about how to grow your channel, how to make money from it and all this stuff. Um, I shared a couple of screenshots out of there and out of the Google help pages. And um, some of the things that they mention in both of those places is that when you take um, keywords, and don't think of this from an SEO perspective, think of it from you're helping the system have context. Um, um, but what it says um, out of their documentation is that you want to pick a keyword and your key, keyword or keyword phrase, but they say keyword. Um, and you want to make sure that you have that somewhere in your title and somewhere in your description. And at the time of publish, that helps the system better understand, you know, who the right people are to see it. Um, um, when it comes to the content that you're publishing, of course, the system's smart enough to where you have captions in there. They're watching every you know frame of the video and all that as well. But those things also add additional clarity to you know your content when you publish it, which also helps make sure that you know it goes in front of the people that are most likely to enjoy it when you publish it. So because of that, just make sure that you are you know practicing that um, because that can you know make a um, you know a difference when it comes to YouTube. But the most important thing though is to make sure that you're not just optimizing for you know the computer um, or you know their robot or however you want to you know define it but that you're always thinking you know first that you're always thinking okay if my ideal person were to log on to youtube right now what about this thumbnail and title combination would one help them identify this content is about something they care about two what about this would compel them to actually click on it and come in and enjoy the content and if you can't define those things then keep working on it until you can um, because if you can't define them then obviously it's going to be hard for you know the people you're trying to reach to instantly recognize that so you want to make sure that you do you know go through that process any anything to add to that so the first thing that comes to mind if I, I when I hear a situation like that is I would love to see the stats of subscribers, views from subscribers versus not subscribers. Mm -hmm. Like what's the percentage there? Um, and my feeling is, is that the subscriber percentage is really high and the outsiders is really low. It sounds- Which is causing the initial uh, click through right, rate peak. Yeah. Right, it's going out to the sub subscribers first. That's his home base, right? And, and so 
yeah, they're like, oh, you know, my favorite guy, YouTuber, just put out another video. I'm going to watch it. So he's getting that loyalty bonus to the CTR, right? Loyalty bonus. And, and it's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Because, yeah. um, you know, people know and they see you and they recognize you or, like, identify you at some, some point. They're going to click, even if the idea or the content it doesn't seem very interesting. So I'm thinking you're getting to something like that. Um, but I think you need to seriously engineer your CTR. If, if it's if it's lower than 1%, when it goes out to a larger audience, I feel like you're dropping the ball somewhere. And it probably needs to be re-engineered, maybe through split testing, like with TubeBuddy or something else. You obviously have a threshold, right? So you have, okay, you've got a threshold for your, for your views, right? You want it to get above a certain, a certain threshold. Where have you found your threshold to be in regards of click through rate versus like the amount of views that are coming in? To where you're like, okay, we need to change the thumbnail. Like at what point are you like, okay, this thumbnail is not working? Um, when I see a, a video, and I, I will be very honest, I do not go back and optimize or re. Like just, once a video is out, it's like it's out of my mind, usually. But however, there, there have been some times where a video comes out and I see that the retention is really high. Okay. So I'm thinking. What's really high for your niche? Um, Ballpark. I, average is probably like, you know, 35 to 40% for, 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 for kids content. For kids content. For okay. years it was like that. Okay. So let's say the, the retention is like 55%. I'm like, okay. whoa. Okay, people people are really watching that. The retention graph shows that they're they're hanging on, they're watching till the end. So I'm thinking like, okay, I have made solid content, right? But then people aren't clicking on it. So that would cause me to either ask, A, is my content idea poor? Mm -hmm. Is it just not appealing to many people? Does it not have broad reach? Or am I dropping the ball with titles and thumbnails? Now, obviously, you can't fix your content idea after you've already made the video, right. but you can fix the thumbnail and the title. So those things are absolutely engineerable, right? You come up with several different uh, thumbnails, you try them, you split test them, and then you see which one works. You can revive a dead video. If it's got good retention mm. and people are really enjoying it, all, everything else is good, but the, the thumbnail and the title, you can engineer that thing back to life. I had this one video, where it was like me in a Spider-Man suit, my, my wife dressed up as a burglar and I'm like chasing around. And I thought it was like a really fun video and the retention was good, uh, but the CTR was low and the performance was horrible. And I'm like, like something's off. You know, my gut tells me something's off. So I went back and re-engineered and I made like, I used every photo I had that I had taken during the shoot, uh, which was all posed. Right. And I, I, I kept putting them all out and just nothing was working. Nothing was working. And finally, I just grabbed a random like screen grab from, <laughs> from the video with me holding a stick <laughs> and the, the video just blew up <laughs> millions of views. Like that's crazy. It was nuts. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes like, you just pick the right one. Yeah. 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 It's good. So it's crazy, but it just goes to show that, that sometimes the content is good. And that people are enjoying it, but maybe you didn't pitch it right. So the packaging um, was wrong. Right. I yeah. have a, uh, a a thumbnail, completely different scenario because I don't get the you know view counts that you get. But um, I had a one of these live streams that we did, 
Um, so I was uploading the thumbnail for it. There was a glitch, and um, during that glitch, it's basically made it to where that thumbnail. I actually need to go check it and see if it's fixed. But that particular thumbnail could not be changed. Yeah. So what happened is um, when I was uploading it, it just turned it white. Like that was it. I just had this white thumbnail, and it still ended up like performing okay for you know for this type of content. Yeah, it was it was really funny. So similar situation where it was like it wasn't even like a thumbnail. It's just like a big <laughs> white. white panel. Yeah, and people still uh, you know people still I'll responded click on to that. it. Yeah, right, right. On like that. hey. Wonder what this is? Yeah, yeah like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, real so, quick, just on a personal note, mm -hmm. I've never given it too much thought on how difficult it must be to hold a child's attention when watching a video. Oh my gosh! Right, like that's something you don't think about if you're not in your niche, right? Because yeah. it's like I know as an adult, that's one series of things you got to figure out. But as a child, ooh, yeah, it's, like that's it's that's a whole other. Yeah, yeah, wow. the editing has got to be snappy. Lots of sound effects. Lots of bump, 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 bump. You know, yeah. like. It's yeah, it's it's tough. So, uh, editing question here: Did you take because you're in Thailand, you're you're servicing? Uh, well, when you started, you were servicing uh, small children right. in Thailand, small Thai children. Did you look to what's popular, like on television, and for children's shows, in order to give you ideas of like the the, the 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 cadence of editing and the speed and the sound effects? Yeah. Okay. So so Thailand, like, if how you, many doinks yeah. per, per video do you have? <laughs> yeah. Too yeah. many. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it was, it was so many that when I was editing the content, I knew, and Thai, let me, let me just say that you have never heard sound effects until you've watched Thai children's content. Cause yeah. it's, they don't even make sense. It yeah. was like, yeah. boing, ching, boing, like, yeah. like nothing's they happening. They do that in some adult content too. Oh yeah. 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 They, yeah. they do it all over. They love, yeah. love crazy sound effects yeah. and it yeah. drives westerners nuts yeah but um yeah so I, I had to add a lot of that but to be honest our thai editors did a much better job than i did okay there you go <laughs> right so there was a cultural thing there where the thai yeah. editors picked up on the nuance of what made it attractive culturally to thai people right see i find that fascinating right the cultural right. differences of things like video editing it is or maybe even like thumbnail design or color choices or how you organize things on the thumbnail right yeah just culturally the cultural differences i find that fascinating so uh, Magic Prepper says, um, if you know you need to upgrade or pivot your content, but don't have the capability yet, um, like equipment or a team, um, what can you do in the meantime to avoid stagnation? Um, I mean, you, you do the best you can. You try to upload maybe the old type of content until you can buy time. I, you know, it's, that's a kind of strategic, very situational question, I guess. But, um, you know, like, you know, you do what you can with what you have. And if you're lacking in something, it's okay to ask other people. It's okay to team up with others. I mean, there's some people out there that are like fantastic on camera, but they don't know how to work anything technical, mm. yeah. you know, and kind of um, like D setting up a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, like my, like I am like super creative out of the box thinker, funny on camera, like very good sense of humor. Terrible at organization. And I get yeah, very, yeah. humble. <laughs> very humble. Very humble. Well, I was getting to the part where I'm not good. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm terrible at organization. Mm. Like I'm like I have such a hard time focusing on today's task and what we need to do and we might push be, the ball. Out. We might be brothers. You know, yeah. he was adopted. Yeah. You and I might have the same blood. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by the beard, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know. For me, I got to team up with somebody that's organized. You know, I'm creative. I need an organized person. Mm. That's 
that's how I work. And I realized that as like an entrepreneur for years, I got to be paired up with somebody that's organized. Um, so like you might be only half of the equation as a YouTuber and you might need to team up with somebody that completes the other side of the coin mm. that, that has that skill that you're lacking. And I think there's too many YouTubers that don't, I, I get maybe they're afraid to ask or afraid to bother somebody, but man, YouTube is so much more fun when you're working with people. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so the next question that we have here is from Jerry Papandre. He says, what would, um, how would you design a thumbnail for a food slash restaurant reaction channel? Okay. Um, this one's actually pretty straightforward. So screen recording in Photoshop. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so obviously, uh, you gotta have, uh, it's a reaction channel, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to have a reaction, not just that's pretty good. It's either, wow, this is amazing. Or like, I'm not sure, is this good or not? So I think part of the facial expression has to depend on, you know, the question or the statement that's, that's included in the title. Like, is this, you know, black squid ink burger bun worth the money? Hmm. I don't know. Like, you know, we're asking a question. So therefore a puzzled look, is appropriate. Um, is this the most delicious burger on the East Coast? You know, licking lips. It looks amazing. So obviously, food photography has to be on point. He's actually on the East Coast. It's funny that you said that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, in, he's in New York, I believe. Yeah. All right, cool, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, like, like, if you're on a food channel, you better know how to work a camera, you better know how to get your lighting correct on the food. Yeah, you got to make it look amazing. Yeah. And I have done yeah, a little bit of food fierce. Content. Yeah, in, in food, oh, in terms yeah. of like you know, the, like what things look like, yeah. and like if you're if you're trying to you know get a response of something that, um, uh, you know that that foodies are into, then you're like just making sure that you're you know spending a lot of time on the actual photo itself. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely that that's got to be on point uh, for sure. Uh, but I you know I, I think it's it's doable. Um, make sure your expression's really good. Take a lot of different photos of your face. Um, and I, some like you, you actually reuse oh, yeah, like, all the time. Your, your faces all the time. So, like, so, so basically what I've done over time is, um, is I have like all these different, you know, thumbnails that I went through all these different faces and I will just kind of track what it is that people, you know, respond to. And if I like try something and like, it's like, oh yeah, this just does bad. Like every time I use it, um, then in that case I'll swap it out or I'll just kill it and I won't use it anymore. And if I pick something that's like, yeah, people, you know, seem to like this particular one doesn't seem to have like a huge impact one way or the other. Um, then in that case, I'll probably use that one a lot. Um, or if it's like, okay, yeah, people typically respond to this one, you know, better um, then I'll, you know, then I'll use that one a lot. So yeah. it's just kind of, you know, weeding them out over time. And then sometimes something will work for, you know, a while and then people just won't respond to it as much and then i'll swap it out yeah, that's weird else. how that happens yeah You're like man this this particular thing worked really well yeah for a period of time mm -hmm. and now it's just like crickets yeah yeah thumbnails yeah. do go in and out of fashion just like clothes yeah, yeah. there's certain style of thumbnails like if too many people do weird face reaction things and the audience is burnt out on it then sometimes they'll just click off of it so, so uh, I would watch other food channels see what what kind of thumbnails are appealing to you and what has a lot of views and uh, maybe get some ideas, but but try to focus on the last six months, mm. six months to a year tops, and and you know kind of see what seems to be working with them. And, I, and just to just to put a little focus on what he just mentioned there, um, um, like when he says focus on the last six months, the reason for that is is thumbnails go out of fashion. Yeah. Oh, so like when I first started my channel, 
I was lucky in the fact that I could just crop whatever it was out and throw in a solid color background, which is like the laziest, easiest thing you could do. Green is the background, right? And it, it worked, but all of a sudden it stopped working. It was like, yeah. it's out, it's done. So then I had to like start Photoshopping sky and stuff like that in the backgrounds. And then that worked much better. So like it did get to the point where it, it just doesn't work anymore. So, so yeah. And I mean, and anytime you're doing research, competitive research, I do think you always need to consider the time frame of, of what it is that you're seeing. Because when I, st I've started out, of course, you know, you just start out, you're, you're making a brand new channel and then you've got like six, you know, six to 10 years of old videos and you're copying stuff that was, you know, in trend eight years ago. Right. And you think, oh yeah, this video is going to kill it. No, <laughs> you know, try, try to try to observe stuff that's working now or within the last couple months. I know that I'm in the minority when I say this, but I'm so burned out on, I call it the, the Mr. Beastification of YouTube thumbnails. I like when I see a thumbnail with that pointing finger and the big mouth and all, and I've used those before on my thumbnails as well, but where I'm at now, just in terms of we're talking about how people's interest in thumbnail design change. Now, when I see that on a YouTube thumbnail, like I'm almost guaranteed going to swipe by it just yeah. because I'm so tired of seeing that. And I'm tired of seeing the things where it's like, do this, click here, edit this, edit here. Don't, you know, I'm talking about like yeah. a red arrow, like edit here, do this. I blame Leela uh, for YouTube for that one. I think she started that trend. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I, I'm just so burned out on it. So I just, I don't respond to those anymore. Like on a personal level, I, yeah, I respect that. Everybody's yeah. got their personal right. taste, their that's little pet peeves. That, that's the thing. Or, but really as a creator, what we need to be testing is scale. Is scale. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you could have a friend say, I hate this one thing. Right. Okay. I, I listen to that. That's, that's a good point of, of data, but I have to make an educated decision right. at scale. Right. right. Well, that's yeah. why I said, oh, I know I'm in the minority. Right. Like I yeah. know, obviously that stuff works. I've yeah. heard the same thing, yeah. especially at on Reddit. Scale, like I'm so sick of these thumbnails. Yeah. 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 At but scale, those videos obviously works. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Beast is killing it. A lot yeah. of the channels that are using those same strategies are absolutely killing it. So it works. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, it's like I'm, I'm uh, the people are like, why do they keep making these thumbnails with a big open mouth? Because it's it a works. human that shows emotional yeah. expression yep. about something and makes you interested. That's, I mean, it works at a very fundamental level. Now, if, if, if everybody gets to the same point where they're like, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Then we'll see then the it shift. Changes. Then yeah. a new design. Yeah. Then we're yep. going to see, yeah. see something new. Yeah. Tom Nash in the house. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing hey, awesome. Tom. Says, love to see both the Nimmin brothers in the OG studio. Yeah. We love uh, streaming together. So like pumped to like up, be Tom? back in here. We've, we've done the last handful of them in here. Andrew so, Can uh, in the house to too. Be back. Andrew Can. Andrew Can. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you in here um, also. So um, really quick, IMMS Gaming, thank you for the super sticker. Uh, super appreciate it there. So um, the next question that we have here, um, let's see here, we did Jerry. Um, what's the best way for someone to research and come up with video topic ideas, in your opinion? Great. Uh, there's many ways to do this. Um, okay, so when I'm researching topic ideas, and maybe I'll, I'll get your opinion on this, Nick, because okay. we, could, we could use a couple, couple uh, different, different methods. Mm -hmm. um, one, I will start watching other people's content, to, like new stuff that just came out to try to get maybe a vibe of any sort of trend or thing that's popping that, that like I need to know about. Um, so that's that's one way, you know, if some of all of a sudden there's a new new thing that happened, like the Milo cubes or whatever, 
and you can pick up on it and you can be one of the first videos. Like my video was like video number five on YouTube on the topic. Then it, you got a lot of views, even if you're a tiny channel and you can be <coughs> fast and early, you can still get a lion's share of the views with your, with your video. So, you know, timing is, is important. You can also use tube uh, tools like TubeBuddy to do research. Um, again, when, when you're using like the keyword, uh, is a keyword planner, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So keyword planner, keyword explorer, or yeah. sorry, keyword explorer. Um, when you're using keyword explorer, um, sometimes opportunities will pop up. Um, and then sometimes you'll, you'll hop on to keywords that you didn't know existed. Like one time I, I bumped in a mini arcade game. Like, what the heck is that? And it was like literally like a little mini Pac-Man oh, nice. arcade game machine. And nobody had done a video on it. I was like, oh, well, that's a cool idea. And I found that through, uh, you know, using Keyword Explorer and just looking up stuff. So we bought one, we tested it out, and it worked great. <laughs> so that was a good, uh, you know, idea that came from keyword research. Yeah, in addition to that, I think um, also, you know, just like going into your community, you know, we all have the community tab. I actually just recently posted a um, community post where I asked, said, hey, I'm getting ready to do my, you know, subscriber Q&A series. Um, so because of that, um, or I'm getting ready to restart my subscriber Q&A series. So because of that, if there's anything you want to know about YouTube, post it here. Um, and by doing that, it, it kind of lets me know like the things that people, you know, are really wanting to know, like right now. Um, so like in your particular case, you know, you could do the same since you're talking about tech, um, you know, you can lead people into choices or you can just leave it wide open. So leading people into choices is creating a poll of some kind and saying like, you know, hey, would you prefer I do a, a playlist on, you know, phones? Would you prefer I do a playlist on new TVs or would you prefer I do a playlist on, you know, whatever the third thing would be? Um, that would be kind of leading people into an answer based on the things that you know you need to or want to create um, and then from there you could also um, you know just leave something open to where you say you know uh, you know what videos uh, you know if you've been watching my content for any amount of time what videos do you think I'm missing or what tech do you think um, I'm missing that I should you know start making content about on my channel and you know the people that are interacting with your content they'll come in and let you know um, because you know they want to see that type of content from you so um, I think using the community feed is a great way to do uh, that yeah. community is great source it is and um, also you can go into your own comment section and look for, you know, questions that people have asked or different products that people have asked about there. Um, comments actually have a, a search feature um, on YouTube, so you can even go in and look for things. Um, in addition to that, um, you can also look at the comment sections of all of the people that make content like yours and see if anybody, you know, is asking for very specific things there that, you know, are a little bit underserved um, in the type of content that you make. Um, I want to add on to that because I was thinking another one. Mining your own content is another type of research. You don't have to always research competitors. A lot of times I like to just go back and do like a, a quick history on the last maybe six months, you know, cause this is representing right now, my exact audience. What did they like? What, cause sometimes a video will, will pop late and I didn't notice it. Right? Like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, oh shoot. Like this video did really good. Oh, that's cool. Like, so maybe I'll do a part two on that. Mm. Um, so maybe you, you decide that, or sometimes I'll do what, what I term hybrid content. Okay. Like, let's say you're a tech channel, right? And you know, you notice that there's a good trend. People like videos about windows. Let's, let's just say something like that. And then there's a, a, a video on phones that have done pretty well in the past. You're like, maybe I can combine those two themes, how to interface your phone with windows. Mm right? 
Like, so all of a sudden take, take two different topics that did well and see if there's a, a, a synergy in the middle that you can create. And sometimes I've, I've been able to build content topic ideas off of that. Nice, nice. Yeah. And another thing too, is if you do do something very specific, like in your case, because you talk about tech, um, if you follow like industry websites and things like that, um, a lot of those will also have like en engagement metrics that you can see publicly and you know, those sorts of things. Um, so you can also kind of follow those. And if you notice like, hey, you know, these particular things across these different sites are getting a lot of activity on, you know, this particular piece of tech or this opinion that these people are having on the tech or whatever, then, you know, making content based based on that um, is also something that you can do because it just shows that that particular, you know, thing that they're talking about is something that is, you know, causing people to, uh, you know, react in some way. And if you're a tech, a tech channel, mm -hmm. I would, I would be on every tech news site. Yeah. I would be knowing what comes out. And then I'd also be double, double checking and verifying tech trends against Google trends mm -hmm. to see what's popping. Because I mean, really like, tech comes in and out like tech gets old real fast yeah. so your speed is going to be you know your best friend in, in this industry but like trying to figure out what what people have an appetite for right now is the game you know like right now is defined right now 28 days 60 days or 90 days right now as soon as humanly possible like wwdc comes out right right there's new apple products what is everybody talking about right right now you're going to be competing with new sites mm -hmm. but um and you if you're can, new you're going to be competing with you know established creators and stuff like that but you can you know that that's traffic you can tap into but you can also spin it right like okay so, so let's say there's a new apple product coming out and everybody's talking about it okay how can you the small creator provide a different perspective on this tech trend that everybody's talking about. Um, you know, why the new Apple 15, Apple iPhone 15 is a game changer or will change your life or will do something, you know, crazy, a little bit sensational. Right. And, or you know, why it's the worst thing that you could ever possibly the worst thing get ever. Right. right? Yeah. Like it's, it's not just news reporting. The iPhone is coming out. It's, Oh my God, this is an amazing thing. This is going to change so much, blah, blah, blah. Like you're trying to put like a human emotion and opinion in with this, this tech trend. I it, love channels that cover product. It could be tech or it could be blenders. It doesn't matter. They'll make videos of like five amazing things about this thing. And like the next videos would be like five things I hate about this thing. Yep. And they link them together. Yeah. Right. They yeah. make like a strategy to get people. Okay. You watch this one video where all oh, these are all the positive things. Oh, they've got to think about all the negative yep. things. I want to watch that too. You oh. can also piggyback on other people by doing that same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, Hey, this, uh, you know, content creator, um, that I see popping up in my other channels, uh, my audience watches, uh, uh, you know, area inside of your YouTube channel, inside of your, um, you know, back end of your channel. Right. Like, you know, you see them make a video about, you know, why something's amazing, then leaning on what D just mentioned, then it's like, okay, well, this is why it's not amazing. Right. And then, you know, by doing that, then you're creating something that's contrasting to, you know, that video. And um, if people, if YouTube shows you there, and if people respond to, you know, to you making a video like that, um, then in that case, you know, there's a good chance that you can get connected to that video um, as well. Yeah, Andrew can, five good things, five bad things, five, five ways to use it right now five things that are make it better than the previous work there's so many different ways you can attack when yeah. it comes to products be it right. tech products or blenders or whatever rather than just, just comparison to, yeah this new product is coming it's, out it's literally endless you just have to sit down and, and, and think it out what what would the actual viewer be interested in if they're going to watch that video about about a product 
So our next question is from um, Jesse Taylor. Um, they say, um, content creators with ADD and ADHD um, or an inability to focus, how do you meet your upload schedule? I've been struggling with consistency. Um, so my, my, rec <laughs> my, my recommendation on that is build some type of system that kind of helps you get out of the way. Yeah. So of course, you're gonna have to do something, um, but you know, building some type of system um, to where you, know, you can do like parts of it when you are you know, able to focus on it, that's one thing. But another thing, is um, also making sure that you are prioritizing the things that you want to do because like for example even though you know you have ADHD um, you know like when you go to work you still do the job that you need to do there so because of that you know you look at that as like a higher priority and you make sure to you know do what it is that you need to do there so that you don't lose your job right so when it comes to there's consequence so when it comes to, you know, what it is that you want to do, um, you know, making sure that you are prioritizing that and making it as important as you are when you are doing something for someone else, um, you know, that can also, you know, help in that particular situation because then it becomes so important that you make sure that like, hey, I am able to focus on this for like, say 15 minutes, you make sure that that's what you're focusing on for, you know, that 15 minutes, um, you know, at a time or whatever. So, you know, if it becomes important enough, then, um, then you know, then, then you'll make sure it gets done but if it if it you know is not on that of utmost importance list then in that particular case you know it's definitely going to uh you know fall through the cracks sometimes yeah. i i yeah can I, I i can tackle this uh one i would say um you know i know a lot of people take medication mm -hmm. for, for focusing issues yep. which, which i don't because we can't get that here but, yeah. I, but i would my you can just not just not uh i tried it oh, okay yeah it's uh i think it's riddling yeah you, get, yeah you can get riddling yeah, here I, you can also I, get concerta uh, here also yeah. So, Jesse, I don't know about you, but like mine, because you're very creative. I'm probably ADD. Yeah. I've yeah. never been diagnosed. Me the too. best yeah. way I can explain. I used my, to have to take meditation as medication as a kid. The yeah. best way I can explain my brain in terms of like creativity is it's like it's like a hurricane. It's like a hurricane of just endless. It, it's it's chaos in my head in terms of like just like ideas and just it's just I just want to make stuff all the time, but but I I struggle to harness those ideas to actually get it in the practical right? it, day-to-day yeah, right yeah. it's just like it's it's like the wizard of oz scene where all this stuff's like circling around and it's, it's difficult to grab those things and actually yeah. make them tangible and, and turn them into something what what helps me not in terms of like if i'm burned out that's something different but in terms of like being productive with all these things going around is i have to and we talk about this quite a bit i have to eliminate every possible obstacle that, that will get in my way to stop me from doing something so that means if I have to buy two of things, if I, if I have to, if you look around this studio, we have almost two of everything. We have everything set up. I, my, my place at home, like I'll spend the extra money to buy additional things so I don't have to set something up ever. Like I have to put it there, I have to leave it set up, I have to leave it plugged in. I have to have nothing in my way so when that hits, or whatever it is. Maybe I, maybe I want to make a cosplay thing. Like I, I got to be able to there, go over there and grab my tools immediately and get to work. You're reducing friction. I have to reduce mm -hmm. the friction. If I yeah. don't do that, way to put that. If I, even if I grab the thing, I can't do it. If, I, if there's anything that gets in my way, I can't do it. So I have, to re, I have to remove all of that friction or it doesn't get done. You know, that, that kind of stuff, it's like, it's not going to go away. You can't right. just fix it. But you, you can learn to deal with it and, and live with it. I think... For me, my hacks, well, one is I'm married to a woman who's awesome at day-to-day -day operations. So she keeps everything running like clockwork. 
I mean, amazing. she's really amazing. And I will help her out, but she's the one that makes sure everything stays exactly on schedule. Mm. So organization helps that out. You know, having accountability helps that out. So if, if, if you can add, if there's anybody you can add to the channel that can, that can help add a bit st of structure, that's great. Um, maybe you need to set alarms for yourself mm. on your phone that pop up every Tuesday saying, get this clip edited and uploaded. But there, there has to be some level of accountability for you. Like your job, you're accountable, right? Mm. You know, if you don't show up, you're going to get fired. So you show up. So it's, it's not like you can't do it. It's just you need extra push and reminder and structure in your life. And on top of that, another hack that you can do, this is, this is for people that, you know, maybe you have this awesome creative burst of energy and you're just like, yeah, I'm in the mood today to just bang out 10 clips, right? And this is why I like batching so much. You get in the mood and you just do a whole lot of one thing at one time and you just knock a whole bunch of stuff out. Um, you get them edited later, but here's a, here's a trick work really hard, maybe take a day off of work, um, and just get caught up on work, work really hard, bank a bunch of episodes and then schedule them out. And then you can forget about them and go about your life and then, you know, move on to other content. If you get ahead of the content schedule and you can schedule out in advance, it helps you maintain consistency because it's taking it off your plate, right? It's already scheduled. It's already set. Um, the scheduler is your best friend. Great tips. Yeah. Love that. yeah. And also just because I have to put this in there too. Also, um, meditation can be helpful as well because it helps you be like aware of like when you are losing focus and when you are kind of, you know, kind of going off, you know, in your own brain, it helps you be more conscious of what's happening, you know, in your brain in real time, uh, which can also be really helpful. Um, guess what? Corgi butt is our next question says, what would you suggest to a dog channel? Um, as far as what type of content to make? Um, if you are making content, um, trying to help people know something about dogs, then in that case, you know, make content that, you know, teaches them stuff or, you know, educates them in some way about dogs. If you're just following a dog around town, um, and you know, it's just, there's nothing really happening in the video, but you're just kind of following the dog around. Um, then in that case, I recommend that you check out, um, Jessica Hatch. She has a YouTube channel called gone to the snow dogs. Um, she is successful on every platform that she publishes on because she understands how to make content with animals. So go and study her and study everything that she does when it comes to, um, you know, how she puts content together and, 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 and just use that as inspiration for, um, you know, for, for how to move forward. It's awesome. Like was it McLean's dogs? Is that who it is? Um, yeah, but he actually teaches, like, train, does dog training oh, they're content. Oh, dog training. Yeah, yeah, so it's, a, okay. so it's a different thing. I, I sure. think that with, with dog channels, and I know two very successful dog channels. One is actually more on Facebook, and, and obviously I know Jessica. I'm friends with her. Um, I think the vlogs is my probably my favorite way to go. I mean, you can do dog tips. But, you know, like... Doing how-tos puts you in that search right. category, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. And this is People why it's important to know what you want. Like, yeah. what are you yeah, trying yeah, to do yeah, with yeah. your channel, right? Yeah. If you're looking to build a community that's passionate about you, get them to fall in love with your dog like you're in love with your mm. dog, yeah. right? Show them what you see. Show them how awesome your dog is, right? Let them feel like your dog is their dog. And if you do that, they will be loyal followers. They will follow you. They will go to meetups. They will do everything they do with Jessica Hatch because she's got to unlock. Watch her channel. Yeah. Do what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Make them love your dog like you love your dog. Yep. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's great. 
How can you attract more viewers um, as a YouTuber, uh, gamer slash content creator to grow your business? So the very first thing is if you are trying to grow your business, um, if it is, you know, direct, like if you're, if your business is only generating revenue as YouTube ad revenue, then in that particular case, um, you got to get really good at being able to grab people's attention through your um, topics, titles, and thumbnails. And then when they come into your videos, give them a great experience with your, with the videos themselves. Um, another thing is if you are going to be doing it for business, like Jesse, you know, had mentioned earlier, um, you know, you got to figure out a way that you can stand out, um, especially in, in a, in a space like gaming, because there's so many people people that are uploading gaming content. Most people are doing it pretty low effort to where they're just like playing the game and then uploading the videos. Some people will level that up just a little bit by playing the game and then they'll loosely edit the video together and then they'll upload that. Um, but you know, the ones that stand out are the ones that are, you know, either exceptional when it comes to like their, you know, personalities and how they're able to connect to people through that, um, or their ability to entertain people, um, or their ability to play the game, or they're doing some type of gimmick, like, you know, trying to get from here to there without using, you know, any weapons or trying to, you know, do this particular thing in a certain amount of time um, or, you know, other, other, you know, handicaps um, around the game. Anything to add to that? Um, yes. For either so, you guys? Yeah, that was pretty much the more or less the question we got earlier, mm, yeah. which you summarized nicely. Um, another thing I see my son doing is mods mm. uh, or he, he watches a lot of gamer contents and they do a lot of mods. Now, this is going to be interesting because um, it, it actually allows the gaming creator or sorry, the, the content creator who's doing the gaming thing to add stuff to the game that wasn't there in the first place and to create a narrative story about stuff and like, like be able to like, Oh, you know, I'm playing grand theft auto, but my dude's a banana, mm. right? All of a sudden nice. it's like, okay, now you've done something different. Now I haven't seen that. And, and now it's interesting, right? So, you know, mods are another good way to stand out. Um, some people use cartoons. I've seen editing, um, you know, as a way to, to just, you know, do something different. Uh, what was it like? Um, I think it was like Ryan toy review came out with like the, um, the Panda character that did gaming reviews, like a fully animated Panda that just played games. Oh, nice. So like that was different, right? Like I've never seen that before. Yeah. So, you know, you, you really got to come up with some way to, to, to grab attention if you if you want to do the gaming thing. Um, yeah, one thing too also to think about is like everybody here, right? Like it doesn't matter how saturated something is. One thing to think about is that you are still on the early part. Um, so, you know, even though YouTube is getting a lot more competitive, there's a lot more, you know, content creators and all that, it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, there's going to be a lot more people. So, like if you check into YouTube three years from now, there's going to be a lot more people doing the same exact thing that you're doing. So, like if you're wanting to do it seriously, like now's the time to get serious and put in whatever effort you need to do to, you know, kind of secure your spot for a while. Because, um, you know, as we pass through time and as the barrier to entry in terms of video editing software, the camera optics on a computer, the, the lack of needed technical know-how in order to be able to do all this stuff as everything, you know, becomes easier, then you're going to just see a humongous influx over the next few years of content creators. It's already happening now with yeah. AI content yeah. just being dumped onto the platform right now. So, um, you know, so make sure that you are, you know, taking things seriously if this is something that you want to do, because right now you're still ahead of all of that. Um, so, you know, make sure that you, you know, understand that position and, and try to take advantage of it. Now would be a good time to maybe transition into that conversation. We were talking about talking about staying relevant yeah. in the future, right? Because the things that are going to happen in the next several years in the content space, it's going to happen fast. That's right. Yeah. So you want to talk about your strategy, how you're planning for the next, like, are you looking, 
X amount of years in advance? Or how, yeah, so so I'm looking at maybe about five years. Like the next five. We, years. we know where YouTube's come. We have a lot of best practices, but where are we going to be in the next five years? Now I've already noticed a trend. I'm very plugged into my space and actually, you know, my country <laughs> that I that I live in, and so I I've seen a pattern that's kind of disturbing where a lot of the big content creators are falling off despite making the best content the the coolest thing like they might be the top rated you know entertainment creator but now they're down to you know position 50 or 66 like right. where they used to be in the 20s or 30s right. like i've i've seen people fall off and i'm looking at views like the views just across the board aren't where they were you're before. talking about youtube specifically youtube specifically because so you think about it, you know, 10 years ago, YouTube had 100% market share. If you wanted to watch online content, you were on YouTube. Every kid was on YouTube. It was just a huge golden opportunity where if you had something on YouTube, people had no choice but to watch it, you know, or like, you know, that platform. But now there, there's more people eating the food. Yeah. There's more and more content creators. And now you have the problem of more and more video platforms to consume content on, you know, it's just a numbers game, you know, TikTok's thriving, Facebook, Instagram, all showing increases, you know, and you're also competing with like Twitter. Netflix and Twitter and like, and then you on your phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People. I mean, all of that, you know, the, the game is attention yep. and all of that is stealing attention from YouTube's platform. And, and to make matters worse, YouTube's actually cannibalizing their own platform to push shorts to be competitive. So, I mean, just across the board, views have been dropping and dropping and dropping. Now, that sounds like doom and gloom, which it kind of is. But the, the upside to that is I believe that this new market is going to have a lot of new, uh, new abilities and, and new opportunities. opportunities, sorry, opportunities for content creators to, you know, jump into other platforms that are growing like crazy and establish yourself like basically for the next five years right now is a land grab that has actually already been going on for a year or two. And I think it's a great time to, um, have a multi-platform content strategy and look into short form content in addition to your long form content. Yeah. So Jerry, here's great comment. You're competing with every notification on every phone. That's right. Right. So you're no longer just competing yeah. against what a particular viewer is interested in on YouTube. You are competing against every single ding and notification and buzz and everything that, it could be a, a Disney update, it could be a, a, a FaceTime, whatever. You're competing against every possible distraction that a viewer has. Yeah. So I mean, I think overall, YouTube views are going up, especially with like YouTube Shorts and all that. In your yes. particular space, your channel and the channels in your space have all noticed that trend of long form content decreasing in views. Right. And I'm seeing, um, you know, shorts <coughs> dramatically going up. Yeah. Like our shorts are way outperforming our long form. long form content. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing is that I don't just look at the numbers. We talk to our audience. I run into people and we, yeah. we ask them like, what are you watching now? And, and I, I get in answers from grandmas that say, oh, well, I'm just watching TikTok now. Yeah. So like before we thought, oh, well, long form content's safe because it's the kids that are going after the short form content. Yeah, that's and if you have an adult content, you know, adult channel, yeah, like you could probably be okay. And that was true for a while, but I think things are really shifting. 
and I've seen it with brands who are way more interested in doing TikTok uh, brand deals now than than YouTube. And so I'm I am a long form YouTube creator. Am disturbed by this trend. I would like very much to just keep doing my long form content, make yeah. my money, blah blah blah. But the reality of the situation is things are changing. Um, yeah. AI is coming. Is here. It's here. It's it's here. Yeah. And AI at our YouTube meetup is... yesterday, like yeah, there were two people there that were making um, AI specific content where they were basically having ChatGPT write their scripts for them. They were sending it off to you know somebody to do like you know the images and stuff like that. But basically, the the whole entire process was automated, starting with the AI script and then having an AI voiceover for it, and then you know getting that in there. So basically, they're just pumping this content out, um, and that's all stuff that you know that we're going to be competing with. Yeah. So over coffee, we were talking about. You're seeing the decline in your space. We were talking about the importance of just, if you're looking at the next five years, of remain like staying relevant. Staying relevant through the next five years. Because there's so many people in the audience right now in, in the chat who are maybe they're just starting, maybe they haven't built that channel momentum yet. And I, I know you're going to agree with me here, and you're probably going to agree with me too. I would urge you as quickly as you can. And, and I'm not throwing yeah. any shade at YouTube, at YouTube at all. I absolutely love YouTube. But I urge you to get on YouTube Shorts, get on TikTok, get on Instagram Reels, get on Facebook. Um, you're going to have to stay relevant. You're, you have to. Yeah. Way to bring because it down so, here, fellas. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, yeah, way, to, like, way as, to bring it down. Yeah. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. Like, stuff's changing fast. Man. Yeah. It's changing really fast. And I think the audience, uh, you guys can comment. Um, maybe you see it too. That, that Do you feel like things are changing? with technology in today's world. Do you feel like we're sure. on a path of change? Yeah, you know, with all that said though, you know, like to be fair, um, so without question, everything is changing, but you know, there are, you know, like we were talking as, you know, some of what we were talking about earlier today is, um, you know, there is still, you know, demand for long form content as well. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and, you know, with YouTube shorts, you know, um, also, you know, thriving. So, you know, also, you know, it's important to test what it is that you're doing against, you know, like, okay, so we're gonna put out a bunch of long form videos, see how those do. We're gonna put out a bunch of shorts, see how those do. We're gonna put out a bunch of TikTok, see how those do, right. a bunch of reels, see how those do, and start seeing what works best for the people right. that you're trying to reach. Because at the end of the day, like what you're ultimately trying to do is simply get in front of the people that will enjoy your content. And then it's your job as the content creator to, you know, help them find that as easily as possible. And it might be, um, you know, on another platform for some of it. It might be here on YouTube. Um, you know, it might be, you know, Maybe you need to make a movie for Netflix. I don't yeah. know. But you know, you just gotta, you know, get it in front of people where, you know, where 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 they are. Let me rephrase what I said. If you're trying to be a professional full time content creator, I would urge you to get on all the platforms, test them out, see where your audience is gonna be at across all the platforms. If you're doing this for fun or you're just like part time, whatever, I don't yeah. think it's that important. But if you're like, hey, this is what I wanna do, this is where I want my career yeah. to go. You you gotta at least test it on those other platforms. If you're gonna rely on YouTube for an income source um, and you, you want to secure your spot, you want to stay relevant, you want people to talk about you and want to see your videos, I think, I think it's time for a more robust strategy than just upload to one place. Yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, so, he, so, so I, I felt like I brought the, the mood down a well, little bit because it's a it's conversation like a that needs to be It is a conversation it needs to yeah, have. Yeah. Just um, bad timing. Yeah, as we're, as we're bringing it down. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, but th there's a couple good things. And one is that trying out new platforms often leads to pleasant surprises. Yes. Um, we tried content on Facebook 
and it didn't work right away, but we kept trying and we found a format that worked for a slightly different audience. Mm -hmm. And that became our new business that way surpassed our original YouTube business. Mm -hmm. Like, so had we not made the effort to, to, you know, figure out Facebook, it wouldn't have, have occurred like that. And we've had pleasant surprises on TikTok. Um, we've, you know, had just many views, our videos blow up where we didn't think they would blow up. And here's the other thing. So sometimes, you know, I hear from, from YouTubers that like, I put out this piece of content and it didn't do the way I was expecting it to do. Sometimes it does really good on a different platform. I have had videos, so many videos where it did awesome on Facebook, long form videos, and it did terrible on YouTube or vice versa. It just blew up on YouTube and it fell flat on Facebook because the audiences might, might be a little bit different. And so it's, it's awesome that we now have that reach and that opportunity to reach more people in different market segments with the exact same content, um, than what we had before. So it's, it's more opportunity. And here's the thing is a lot of times it's, you know, once you've made your video, uh, you might have now multiple upload options. It's not that much extra time. Like right. a lot of times it's like five minutes. So now like, you know, I upload my videos. So my typical schedule is like, you know, I go to Facebook, I upload our, you know, the main video to Facebook, and then I go to my YouTube channels, upload the same video with the same thumbnail to YouTube, and then I'll do the short. Um, and here's a cool tip. So you want a, a cool little takeaway that you can apply right now if you do short form and long form content is when we make short form and long form content on the same topic, same video, you can actually add an end screen to the short, the YouTube short. And I make it as short as possible because, you know, time's minimal and I usually push it towards the bottom so I can still see faces. So I have like one little end screen on the short with a video that connects to the long form video. So you're complaining like, I don't get paid for shorts. Yeah, but you can now use that short as an ad to get people into your long form content where you do make money. So on the shorts where you do that, do you find that it hurts the performance of the short? No. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just because you're still leading people into YouTube. Yeah. So I just didn't know if that damaged you in the actual short shelf or not. I don't think so. Okay. Um, you know, you, I mean, YouTube has it set up for a reason like sure. that. So I don't sure. think they're going to punish you for promoting your, your other, other video. Right, content. right, right. And YouTube, I mean, they're, you know, when creators make money, YouTube makes money. Right, totally. Right? So I don't think it's something that they would punish you for. Um, but it's still a little early. People keep asking me, like, what are your stats? What does that say? Like, I don't know. Like, I haven't really sat down to measure. You're like, back off, nerd. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Give me time to work. <laughs> I, I want to say also, it's by saying all of that, I'm not saying it's too late. I, I think right now is a perfect time to get started. Yeah. It's, That's what it's, I was trying to say before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, no, yeah, no. I don't want anybody, oh, it's too yeah. late. I'm not even going to try. No, try. Like, right now is your time. Yeah, Let like me say this. You're ahead of it now. Hardly yeah, yeah. any hardly any people even know about Facebook Watch. No. Like, yeah. for years we were saying, man, like, I like you I didn't YouTube, know about it until, until, we were, um, until we were talking yesterday. Yeah. I thought that you were referring to Reels yeah. on Facebook or, Facebook you know. Watch. Yeah, okay. But not Facebook Watch. Let me say this to the audience. If you didn't know, and I will explode a few heads on this one, Facebook has a monetized video platform for long form videos, just like YouTube with AdSense. In other words, you once monetized, and I believe you have to have 5,000 followers and 600,000 watch time minutes, which is a lot, but they have lowered it. Um, and you, you get that on your Facebook content and that's uploading actual Facebook content to a Facebook page, getting video views. 
if you can cross that monetization threshold, Facebook will pay you just like AdSense for your videos. And they pay sometimes two, even three times as much as YouTube. So like, can you imagine having double your AdSense revenue or triple in addition to your existing AdSense revenue? It's crazy. But and if you're going to do that, um, what, yeah. what was your thing? Um, you can't have any like calls to action, right? So you can't try to get people to like mm -hmm. your videos. Like if you're going to take your direct YouTube videos and just upload them there, if you want to get monetized, you can't ask people to like, you can't ask people to subscribe or follow. Right. You can't ask for any of that stuff, correct? Right. So we so actually started having sort of more of a Facebook first content policy with, with some of our videos and kind of making them for Facebook and then uploading the content to YouTube. Um, you also want to have a, a really strong hook in the beginning of the video to stop the feed. That's, that's a little bit different from you. So there's some differences, but, uh, usually the differences are pretty minor towards the, the fact that you can probably make a piece of content that does pretty well on both. Okay. Um, but man, if you can get it at work and it is frustrating, but, uh, their support is getting better and, uh, it's another viable option for a long form creator this path and nobody knows about it. There's like one course on the entire subject. So uh, there you go. <laughs> so on that note, thank you so much everybody for hanging out today. As a quick reminder, um, Jesse and Owen also do um, have a, a course that they're doing where you know they um, put strategies together for content creators and teach you about you know a lot of this stuff. You can find information about that down in the description below. Um, but for you know for those of you that are new content creators, um, this has probably been a really interesting you know conversation to get Jesse's experience. I know you know it's always interesting you know to talk to you anyway. Yeah. But well, um, uh, but um, you know when it comes to all this stuff, you know it, it might seem like you know there's a lot of technical things and you know all of that but keep in mind you know there is and youtube is hard and it does require you know work and energy and effort and thought and you know all of those things um but but if you are somewhere now where you're like man i'm just trying to like get the ball rolling just keep working right because um at the end of the day all of your results are going to come from your understanding of things and it's going to come from what you're willing to do and it's going to come from your technical ability or your skill sets in order to be able to do those things so make sure that you are working on your skills all the time you're always trying to improve you're always trying to get better and most importantly you're always trying to better understand and serve the audience that you are making content for so on that note um have an awesome rest of your weekend d great stream Jesse, great stream. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so have a great uh, rest of your weekend and we'll see you uh, next time.